Battleline podcast. Really excited this episode to have Mark Victor Hansen coming on. To us, that's like an A-list guest and someone that I'm really honored wanted to come on. Um, before we get into everything, you guys hear us talk about Ned all the time. I get questions from people about Ned and uh, the people who have tried it that listen to Battleline podcasts are absolutely loving it, whether it's for anxiety, whether it's for post-traumatic stress issues or just getting a better night's sleep. Um, everybody is having positive results. So CBD has become extremely popular in the past year, making it more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality full spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from an independent farm in Peonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science backed and nature based solutions. And I should throw in there beyond that, they have their sleep blend, which is awesome. Uh, 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders. Many of them are prescribed pills and become addicted. So that is the better way to go about that. Whether you're going to check out the sleep blend or their CBD, Ned products do contain a minuscule amount of THC, as we always like to throw in there, but it will not get you high. Uh, and that's why we love it. It's it's uh, always great positive effects, but yeah. you, know, you get to uh, not be on anything that's going to you know, alter your perception. Oh, yeah. yeah. It says plant plants, not pills. Is that the, is that what I've seen people say? I think I'm, that's I've not heard my, that before, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't coin that phrase. Somebody smarter than me did, but it, it's mm-hmm. true. It stuff works, works for me. Um, the, uh, CBD oil still use it. Still you, and, and Ned's, I just, cause you know, and I have, I've, I've dabbled in some other ones. Just, I just want to taste the difference. If there's, and that cleaner taste really, even I've tried some flavored ones just to see the taste difference. And honestly, I like the, the, the clean taste that Ned's had. It's just, it, 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 all that stuff that tries to cover up that taste, honestly, I, I think takes away from it a little bit. So, you know, um, but it works too. So regardless, whatever taste you like, I, I said Ned's to me is tastes the best out of all of them. And that's, that's a, I think that's a must. I mean, if they're going to work, let's go to the next thing. Hey, what, what, what do you like to put, <laughs> I said, what do you like to put in your mouth? But um, <laughs> and that's, that's hilarious. I mean, that's, that's a battle line podcast. So, but the, <laughs> you know, but the truth is it, it works well. So, you know, what I like and I like, I like, it's just clean. I mean, it's just natural and that's what you're going for. You know, so yeah, try Ned's and at very least the CBD oil and the immune. I still use the immune, um, immunity plan yeah, it's immunity great. Blend and in my water after i do a workout and it seems to be working great i mean i haven't got sick so yeah obviously it's so, doing a good job so what you're saying is if you take ned products you are uh immune from getting <laughs> you you're, no, immune from a joke, everybody. <laughs> you're immune from everything i mean now, at least well at, at least it makes you feel good so you feel like you are so that's a yeah. positive right there definitely yeah, just a joke out there. Don't sue us. I know there's people getting sued for putting out at least 12 claims uh, about products. So, no, but it, it is all, all of their products are great. And immunity generally being serious is important and yeah. building your immune system. is something the media doesn't talk about that. Yeah, getting vitamin C, vitamin D and the stuff in there like the elderberry, it's all important to have. So if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the podcast audience. Just go to helloned.com slash battleline or enter battleline at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash battleline to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. 
and as always, been riding with us since day one of this podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammo outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike with the ammunition being CNC spun the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online where you could use our promo code, and that's fortscottmunitions.com, fortscottmunitions.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE, and you're going to get 15% off your order just for our listeners. And I should say, go to their Instagram and follow at Fort Scott Munitions. They've been doing a ton of giveaways Every yeah. other week, I feel like there's a new giveaway. So if you're not following them, you are missing out. Uh, and it's always great stuff. They, you know, they gave away a toolbox. They'll give away another toolbox here when I when I replenish the Gen Two, which we had put out, and it's it's already sold out on this Gen Two Tonnes toolbox. Quick. But yeah, get with them and get involved with those promotions. And if you're uh, you know two A supporter, you you or you like guns, you like to go to the range and shoot, or you're a hunter the products that they do on those giveaways are amazing. And, you know, they don't ask for much in return. Sometimes it's just a sign up, Hey, sign up and you get in for a promotion and they do give all those things away. I'm one of the guys that provide stuff for their promotion. So I know they're giving it away because if they're not, it would be in Ryan Kraft's house. (laughs) It's not. So, so guys, you're, you're not getting duped. Great company, great, great bunch of people, great products, best ammo in the country. And again, those promotions, like Ian said, are, are amazing. The, the products they throw in there, top-notch stuff. So definitely, definitely check out Fort Scott. Yeah, give them a follow at Fort Scott Munitions and order from them. Uh, with that, we'll get right into everything. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Battleline podcast. Really excited this episode to have uh, Mark Victor Hansen coming on. <clears throat> if it's cool with you, before we get into everything, I really wanted to mention this because, as you heard last episode, we spoke about that there was a CIA officer, former SEAL, uh, killed in action in Somalia. And I said that I didn't know the identity of the guy. And pretty much a few days after that, we learned the identity. Uh, and it was 
it's actually something you talk about all the time. These guys who are contractors who stay yeah. in very long. I wasn't that surprised to learn. 54-year-old guy, <laughs> uh, Michael Raymond, good bow, call sign, goody. So I don't know yeah. if anybody in the audience knew him. You know, I have the whole obituary here. But once again, this is a story that people aren't talking about. And it's important to talk about. Yeah, in the age, you know, guys, being at that age, I, I, I'm, I'm speculating here, so don't hold me to it, but probably a ground branch guy with the agency, um, and a, a case officer, and yeah, the guys, they just, they, that's, that's their lives, that's, that's what they want, and, and they continue to go over and, and good on them, you know, if, if, if that's what you want to do, and that's how you want to continue, you're going over there, you're serving your country, you're doing it, uh, doing it well, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I wish you know, I, I, I have you know, my my qualms about, hey, how when do you need to not go over it? When do you need to stop doing it? But really, it's up to that individual. And and uh, I obviously being 54, he's been doing it forever. So he knew the risks. And that's what I always tell the family when I would tell family members of lost ones. Hey, you know, and even myself, I told my mom, hey, if it happens, I die. I was doing what I love doing. So don't feel bad for me. And I'm sure he felt the same way. And I'm sure his partners and his teammates felt the same way as well. So, you know, bless him and everything. God bless him. And and you guys that want to keep deploying, you know, the deal, you know, the you know, the 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 threats, you know, the uh, possibilities of the outcomes of a mission. Uh, but you're doing it anyway. And, you know, that, that to me, I, I think that's admirable, admirable um, uh, to a point, though. But if you've got family at home, you know, there is a time when you need to say, hey, I need to be with my family. And that's just from my experience. But if it brought guys still, though, sacrificing and will be willing to go over there over and over and over again. I know the difficulties of that. And again, it is admirable. So I'm not knocking that at all. But there's a point where, again, what age do you get to where you need to start focusing on home especially if you have kids and everything but some you know some of these guys the kids are out of the house too They're, this is like their retirement job can yeah. i've known some of those guys too you can't knock them and i'm not knocking him at all I, i'm sure he was a tremendous operator just by his background and by who he was working for and where he was at you you, you don't get to go to those places if you're a slouch <laughs> you gotta yeah. be in your well, a game so definitely if, good dude if I could go get into the obituary, actually, I mean, it, he really does have an amazing resume just looking this over. So I'll read it. It's not too long, but I think it's important because honestly, nowhere else for the most part in the media are they going to talk about this guy. So at the very least, I think we could read this. Um, highly decorated, retired Navy SEAL Michael Raymond Goody Goodbow died on November 24th, 2020 from injuries sustained while serving his country overseas. To say that Goody was a giant in the special operations community is to understate his reputation in the U.S. military and special operations community. Goody served his country with distinction in multiple theaters, including Iraq, Afghanistan, Eastern Europe, and Africa. Goody retired from the Navy as a chief warrant officer, CW2, after a distinguished career as a Navy SEAL in which he earned the Silver Star Medal for Extraordinary Heroism, four Bronze Star Medals, two with a Valor device, three Defense Meritorious Service Medals, the Joint Service Commendation Medal, the Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal, uh, the Joint Service Achievement Medal with Valor, with Valor Device, three Joint Service Achievement Medals, the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, Combat Action Ribbon, Navy Presidential Unit Citation Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Iraq Campaign Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal. These are a ton, but yeah, five C Service Deployment uh, Ribbons, Expert Rifleman, Expert Pistol Shot, 
Goody will be remembered for his warrior spirit, sense of humor, and high standards for himself and his comrades. Goody made a lasting impression on everyone he worked with, whether in peacetime, training, or serving overseas in challenging environments. As fiercely loyal and dedicated as he was to his service to his country, so was he uh, with his love and devotion to his family and friends. All were blessed with Goody's wit, warmth, compassion, and love from a man who lifted hearts the moment he walked into the room. At the time of his death, Goody was 54 years old. He will be missed beyond comprehension by Ruthie Litvin Goodbow, his wife of more than 20 years, his parents Michael and Zalia Goodbow, in-laws Joseph uh, and Elaine Litvin, uncles, aunts. Yeah, and then, you know, it gets into the rest of the family. I don't need sure. to get into all that, but it says Goody will be buried in Arlington National Cemetery, um, and you can send a donation to the Navy SEAL Foundation at uh, NavySealFoundation.org slash donate. Uh, to plant memorial trees in memory, please visit our sympathy store so you can find that link. But um, yeah, I just think it's important to mention yeah. because we still have guys overseas all over the world, whether in the Middle East or Africa uh, or, you know, a- everywhere, really. I mean, we have military bases everywhere, and it's a topic uh, that a lot of people uh, will debate, but it's just the fact. We have people everywhere. We still are the superpower. And um will continue to be because of honest, the special operations community and guys like Goody who, and there's a ton of them. And again, and that's, what's a wonderful as there are. There's that resume right there. Probably these guys to his right or left have read the same sort of resume. And that's amazing. And that's what was so fun about working in my experiences doing that with guys like that is because you could, that's the kind of guys you depended on. You didn't all get along, but you knew these guys were top notch and they had your back regardless what happens, what happened. And they always did. Um, I think that is also the draw while you continue to go and you continue to deploy is because you really can't get that feeling anywhere else where guy of that caliber, you may have differences. You may not even like, you may hate each other, but when the shit hits the fan, they're right there with you. And that's, you can't really find that anywhere else in society and business and anything. I, even on the, even on the athletic field for the most part, um, maybe that may be the closest place, maybe on the athletic field, professional sports or college. Cause uh, you know, I played football where we had guys crips and bloods on the same team. We were at St. Wow. Judy- <laughs> and, and that was my first experience with the, with a lot of the, with the heavy gangsters, West coast bloods. We had some Donner street crips. We had Tongan crip gangsters, these guys would be killing each other on the streets, but when the game started, we were all on the same team. So I think that's the that's that's the only place where you find that same sort of camaraderie where you definitely don't have the same views, but damn it, when the game starts, you're one team. So yeah, bro, I, I appreciate you reading that. Uh, I didn't know Goody. I wish I did. Maybe we have we may have passed. Uh, we may have seen each other in passing. It's quite possible. Um, I'm getting old myself. Um, <laughs> But to you guys that are still deploying, got the, you're up there in the age, getting in the 50s, still do the job great. But man, if you got a family at home, and I don't, you know, think about it, think about it, and think about, hey, is it time to to retire? But if it's not, Dale Comstock's another one who could still do yeah. the job, and he's up there. <laughs> it's hard, Dale, but yeah. you are up there. You know, do that as well. Just know what you're sacrificing, and obviously those guys do. I, I knew it. They know it. Um, and God bless, rest in peace, Goody, and uh, all the Seal brothers. I'm sure. If they haven't tipped one back, they already did tip one for them. And they always will. Seals are good at remembering their own. They always are fantastic at remembering and honoring their own. And you know, as much as I make fun of Seals, I, that's one <laughs> thing I would never make fun of. That's admirable. Extremely admirable. Yeah. Very, very well said, man. And I assume, you know, speaking about where you said the guys that you deploy with, um, you know, even if uh, 
there's someone you don't personally like, you're going to yeah. fight, fight till the death for that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. assume it's got to be even harder if it's someone you do like, because I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I believe you've said it before, but like, yeah. why didn't I were guys you genuinely liked from what I know? No, I, I, the team, you know, Oz and I, we didn't get along. Right? I don't think that's a secret. Everybody that's followed us know, knew, knows that not that we hated each other. We just didn't get along, but it still wasn't hard to go in the line of fire with, with Oz. I didn't care if we didn't like, he was, he was, uh, he did his job. He was knowledgeable. He, he knew what he was doing. Um, I, I think it's harder. Nah, you know, I, I, when it goes, you don't really think about, hey, he's my buddy. He's not my buddy. It's just, we're a team. I, it's after if somebody passes. That's, but that's why I mean, like Gwen and, Gwen and Ty, though there were guys from what I know, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're no, they, no, I did. I respected them immensely. Um, I wasn't as close to them as I was with Boone because Boone and I had been working for years and years and years together in the same AOS, almost 10 years together. Um, but yeah, it, but to say that, that you know, with Roan dying um, was any different than, than uh, I, I won't give a name out of a guy working in Afghanistan that died that I didn't care for, I didn't like, didn't mean that was any it, it, it didn't make it any harder because of Roan. They were still both GRS operators. And to me, that was still, man, that sucks. One of our, one of our guys died. One of our own died. So that's the way you look at it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I didn't, I don't fight. I didn't fight any harder if it was somebody that was with me or somebody that wasn't. To me, they were GRS or they were Rangers or they were special operations. We were a team. Um and then, you know, maybe at that moment when you find out the person died, it might hit you, sting you a little bit more because, oh my God, dang, I was really close to that guy. But in the end it was, man, that sucks. That's one of ours. It's not, mm-hmm. it's one of my friends. It's, it's one of ours. And I know those guys are thinking the same thing. It's, it's goody. It's, it's not, oh man, goody, great guy. It was like, man, he was one of our guys. And that's how, that's how, but that's how it should be. And that's why it's so wonderful working in that kind of community, brother, because it's, yeah. It's it's you whether you're enemies or not, because <laughs> you can't hang out together and drink together. You're no you're not enemies when and, and I shouldn't enemies is too strong of a word. Whether you like each other or not, when you're playing Call of Duty <laughs> or you're drinking or or you're out and about, you just have this different mindset. When shit hits the fan, you all are you all that bullshit gets thrown out of the side, and you're one team. And when somebody dies off of that team, it's a teammate that died. It's not, God, that asshole died. It's fuck, man. He died, man. Uh, damn it. But you also know how to move on from it because war's hell. That's, that's just mm-hmm. how it is. So yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's a, that's a great, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're kind of getting that out of me. Cause I honestly, I would never would have said something like that. if you wouldn't ask. So, but it, it, that's, that's important for people to know. And it, it's important for people to move that way in the business world and everywhere else. And when I do my talks, that's what I kind of get at too. Hey, you may not like this guy, but your goal is to accomplish this task. So you better put those damn differences aside and get the goal obtained and a task uh, and accomplish whatever you set in front of you guys as a team. Put your stupid little differences aside. And that's what special operations and working in the community I think that's what it teaches you a whole bunch better than you can get in, in just, a, just in normal societies that screw what you guys, if you guys like each other or not, your commander or your squad leader, whatever, excuse my language, but fuck if you guys like each other. We got to finish this this mission. This mission has to get done. Find a way to d- deal with your differences, work it out, and let's drive on and accomplish this mission. And that is, that's what makes special operations special. That's what makes SEALs, Rangers, Delta, SF, 
TACP, and now TACPs, I got to throw you in there because you're part of it now. CCTs, um, PJs, you know, that's what made uh, night, the Night Stalkers. It makes us all so special and it makes them special because it is. It's like you got all these egos, but all these egos can put all those egos aside when the mission starts and then it goes. But then at the bar later, the egos come back and there's fights. And so that's just, <laughs> that's just brotherly love. That's all that is. Yeah. I, what you're saying uh, even resonates with me as someone from the total outside of this community altogether, because, you know, as this audience knows, I don't have that background. I don't have a military background. But one thing I know is that there are guys who serve in just the general military and, and whatever branch, and I respect them no matter what they do. It doesn't matter. But a lot of those, there's many of those people who will say, I didn't have a dream of going in the military. I, you know, I needed it for schooling. I needed it for this sure. or that, and that's fine. But guys in special <laughs> operations generally, at least all of them that I know, don't have that mindset. You know, even someone like Jack, who, uh, Jack Murphy, who Murphy. went to Columbia with, uh, you know, after being in the Rangers, it wasn't like, he said, I'm doing this to get an education. His dream was to be an Army Ranger. And generally, yeah. your dream is to be a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, Air Force PJ, or you know anything else. Yeah, and with that dream to do all that, once you're out, you're still a Ranger, you're a SEAL. Marines are still got I, – I, that's why I say you were a Marine because I got to rub them the wrong way a little bit. Because Marines are still <laughs> always – you know, Rangers, we can still – yeah, I was a Ranger at that time. But, you know, we still are. But that's part of the mindset and it's part of the, the brotherhood. You know, when you say long live the brother, well, that's part of it right there. We always will be whatever we were, SEALs, Rangers, Force Recon, or Raiders now is what they're called. Um, but part of that is because we have that brotherhood that no matter if we like each other or not, whether we agree with, you know, me and Jack don't always agree with the same things either. Sure. But, but if it was like, hey, Jack, it's time to go clear that room. <laughs> minor switches on <laughs> let's go or you, you and yeah you and nate boyer you know nate Bo- yeah nate boy's another one where well you know and and i said even in and that's hypothetical but even speaking real-time realistic something that happened oz and i again didn't get along we don't get along yeah, which, is, and and which i will did. say i think is more um uh, probably harder to work with than politics because you're like Jack and you might not get along politically on everything, but you like each other as people. We like each other. I think there are people sometimes where politically you might be in line with them, but as a person, you clash with them. And I, on, on the, so that's why I think using that as an example with, and I'm not knocking Oz. Oz did a tremendous job that night, extremely brave. One of the toughest sons of bitches I've ever seen. I mean, he gets blown up, his arms dangling, and he's still shooting his gun. That's pretty badass. (laughs) Whether I like him or not, that's still pretty badass. But, but again, it goes back to, we didn't really, you know, I didn't talk about politics. I didn't give two shits about politics when I was deploying. We honestly just did not, our personalities clashed. But again, when when it was time to go, didn't matter. We didn't talk about it. Didn't even think, oh my gosh, I don't like it. And I was like, Oz, what do we do? What are we doing? Okay, Tano, what do we do? Now? Where are you going to be? And it was communication. It was fighting. It was, I got this guy. You got this guy. It was, all right, what do we need to do now? All right, hey, are, are, you got meds, you got water. Hey, who needs a reef? It was just, it was mission, mission first. And again, special operations drills that in your head. Because if you don't get along, it's like, hey, okay, put you guys in a room, settle your differences now, because we got to get along to con- get this mission successful. Because if somebody doesn't get along on a team, a platoon, a squad, that's the weakest link. And sometimes all it takes is that weak link for a mission to fail. And if the mission fails, guess what? The weak link's not the ones that are dying. It's the whole, the whole group that can go down, um, and you can't have that because you, you know you don't want one or two deaths, let alone thirty or forty, because some two dudes couldn't get along, couldn't squash their stupid petty differences yeah. when it was time to go. You know, it's time to go to work, 
And uh, I, yeah, that's tremendous. Why so I, I always I'm adamant to businesses. Yeah, heck yeah, special operations guy definitely hire that guy because he knows how to get stuff done. He may not always get along with everybody, but you give him a task, he's going to get it done. He's going to put those differences aside. Um, and and you know maybe you will get one that's lucky that just likes to hang out with everybody all the time. <laughs> but most times they they just they just want to get the job done and go home. And yeah, I think that's honestly isn't that what you want in a worker? Get the job done and. Get the hell out, go home, and come back the next day. But, but yeah, you you you've been around enough guys, and you've seen enough guys in this community. I can already, Ian, and just from me and your me and your friendship, you know how we are, and you know what I'm yeah. talking about. And 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 Jack, same way. Luke, same way. Marty, I mean, come on, who's Marty? Who's <laughs> Leo? I mean, come on. Those and oh, by the way, shit, they're out there just because you said his name, and, and we do have to get to Mark. But yeah, um, sorry. We're, oh shit, we are sorry. Leo, that's why. Did you see Leo just uh, has has another kid on the way? Yeah, and, and then he's dude. That dude, I love his surfing pictures. I keep hearing apocalypse now when I see those surfing pictures. I'm saying Marty, right? Did I say Leo? You said or, Leo. You said, I said Leo. Leo. I meant Marty. Oh, Marty! I, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. No. I think you know what I. I know I'm running behind here, but I'm pretty damn sure that's what I saw on Instagram. Oh. Look real quick, because uh, that'll take me two seconds. No, I, you know while you're talking, Marty and Leo, and doing this. That is the beauty of Range Battalion that I loved is that you had so many, you thought it was going to be this 3%. No, you had professors, you had guys with master's degrees, you had guys that are that like Marty, that Marty, you're a hippie, dude. I love you, man, but you got hippies <laughs> and it, it didn't matter. All these different personalities could come together and be one of the baddest if I, to me. And I'm, of course, I'm, I'm partial, the baddest unit in the world. And, and yeah. when you give Rangers a task, it's going to get done. And that's, you can ask any other unit in the world if they're ever hemmed up and they hear Rangers battalions coming to help, they know that they're going to get safe, that their guys are coming in to fucking squash shit. So I, I, it is, it is Marty. Um, and yeah, he just said they're congratulations. They have yeah. Yeah, another girl on the way. Kendra Stan and Marie Scobland will be here spring 2021. So that was a, ah, yeah, con- to say Leo, but congrats, yeah, Ranger. Marty. That's awesome, man. And uh, Leo, you, you got to catch up, buddy. You gotta- <laughs> <laughs> get, get so, uh, yeah, before we get to Mark, cause I don't want to keep him waiting. Uh, Fort Scott munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out, quicker incapacitation. It was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design and found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the CNC spun ammo, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market ensuring you receive the same results every time you pull that trigger. And it's available through fortscottmunitions.com with our promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to our listeners. And uh, yeah, those guys are proud supporters of the podcast of Chris and BattleLine Tactical. With that, Mark Victor Hansen. What's How are you happening? doing, sir? Hey, good morning. Good morning. We're excited to be with you. Oh, I, I, thought you I thought your wife was coming up. Yeah, well, she's much more beautiful than I am. <laughs> uh, well, I'll leave that one alone, man. That's for you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you are kind of sexy though yourself. Especially those guys. <laughs> I think you said his wife. Two days in a row, that I got the impression I was good looking. Oh, that's hilarious. 
said he was adorable. He is he adorable. Was. Look at he's still got the high cheekbones and everything. Uh, it's, it's got the little dimple there. You're like, what are you? Good good jeans. Go ahead, Ian. Sorry, man. Sorry about no, that. This is great. It's an honor to have you on. And I just wanted to give you a quick intro before we get into everything. So, sure, I mean, honestly, and I know Mark is, is a humble guy, but really he is a guy that has impacted the culture, I think, tremendously. Every single person in America and, and worldwide to some extent, at least is familiar with Chicken Soup yeah. for the Soul, at least yeah. knows a story from there, you know, which you co-started with Jack Canfield, who has such a similar ideology to you, which is great. But uh, New York Times bestselling author, uh, best known as the co-founder of that series. Latest book, though, is with your wife, Crystal, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, who's on with us as well. Ask the bridge from your dreams to destiny. Uh, I think a, uh, <laughs> I think an interesting way to start this really would, would be, um, you know, I, I think right now we're living in a time where everybody is, a lot of people are fl- filled with worry, yeah. panic, and what you've been doing for the past, I don't know how many decades, is really inspiring people, keeping them positive, um, believing these concepts of visualization, just like your new book, that if you ask for what you want to the universe, it will happen if you really practice it. So I'm just wondering, because I'm younger do you feel like now more than ever, this is a message people need to hear that, you know, I, I just think we're, uh, I guess the term would be vibrating at a very low frequency right now. And people need something to lift their spirits. Boy, you hit it slam dunk on because people don't get what they deserve. They get what they ask for. And, and when we started this book, we had no idea we'd be in a cocoon. And, and we are not just the four of us in a cocoon and a few people listening to us. We're talking about 8 billion, the total world population is in it. And what we're teaching is something that, look, we traveled to 80 countries, talked to 7 million people around the world and, and loved it. But we've found the difference between somebody who succeeds a little and somebody who succeeds a vast amount is one thing only, and that's the ability to purposefully ask. And we ask in three directions, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And it's working. And, and the results that people are getting in a few months that we've had the book out is just going to the top because the second subtitle of ask the bridge from your dreams, your destiny, we think everyone has a great destiny. It's unfulfilled and our destiny is helping others find their destiny and encouraging them to it. Well, you know, I, I had a, my pastor, I, I remember asking him, I, you know, I, I was growing up and I, I, I wasn't getting what I was praying for. He says, are you, are you praying the right way then? What do you, and so when you say, are you asking and ask God, I think that's one of the issues is that we really don't know how to pray the right way, right way. Are you, you know, are you, are you being, and, and I, so when I do, I, you know, I ask what you do, pray, pray and ask for something that you want. Don't expect it. Don't know when you're going to get it. Um, but also, are you doing it with humility? Are you doing, are you doing it because of your selfish pride? And, you know, I did read chicken soup for the soul when I was, my mom was a teacher. She made me read it. She made me read it. I'm going to say I wanted to. She made me read. I had to. Um, it, but, you know, it did because of the normal stories. You know, it was it was somebody like at that time. Now, now I'm a lot weirder now, so it's not like me anymore. But <laughs> we'll we'll do that to you every once in a while. But it was uh, it was people like, oh, my gosh, I can, I can relate. These are just normal people with their stories. And it, it all ties in because it all ties into Christianity. And, but my question, I guess I'm getting to a question is two questions with the first book using just everyday people, which 
inspires. How did you come up with it? Because that was new. I believe that was kind of a new idea. It helped me with that one because I was, I, when the book came out, um, I wasn't an avid reader at the time because I just wanted to be outside. Playing. But also, and because you expound on, give people an idea, advice. I know you're not a pastor, but how to ask. What's the right way to ask God for something without throwing in your selfish pride? Because I did. And I honestly, I didn't get those things because they were selfish. They were stuff I really needed. It was those material things I wanted, not stuff I needed. So maybe can you can you expound on that a little bit of the that question? I'm, I'm all over the place. This is me for the next hour. So you got to get used to it, guys. <laughs> so, but can, can you help me with that a little bit and, and educate me? Because I, I do follow you and I do. You, you are a very you're, I put I pattern some of my speeches watching how you get you do your thing, Doc. So uh, tell me, yeah, educate me. man. Both of us want to answer. And first of all, I think you asked three things, not one. And first of all, I want to your mom because. <clears throat> Dr. Canfield and I champion different books, and Jack's great, but I champion Chicken Soup of the Teacher Soul because I was a university professor, and, and Jack was an elementary education teacher, even though he graduated third of class at Harvard. And boys, if I graduated third of my class oh my now, I'm all more. Then I graduated Harvard. I couldn't have gotten into Harvard, so that's that part. Um, ask for, from a spiritual point of view, Timothy says, if you ask and receive not, it's because you ask amiss. And and we're saying, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And, and let's just go to the deep part of the destiny. And Crystal's going to talk to this more because she is a, a clinical hypnotherapist, is one of many degrees. But we're saying, look, you've got to define your destiny now, especially because we're all cloistered down. And right before you go to sleep, the most powerful thing you do to your subconscious is 400 times say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? Because everyone listening is hanging on by their fingernails. And we've both been there at different times. And then we'll talk about our pain like you guys have. Is that everybody's got to understand we got to pivot right now. And we've got a destiny. It's glorious. It's big. It's opportunistic. opportunistic it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful. And it and it's, doesn't have to be selfish. Do you want to add to that, Hank? Well, um, we'll go ahead. I mean, if you have any comments. No, I, I agree with the oppor- opportunistic. We talk about this on our show, Ian and do right now. This is the opp- time for opportunity to better ourselves because we're we are we're kind of at a pause. So I I, I, I understand that. I feel that, I, and I expound on it because the, the questions I'm asking is stuff I want to know. I don't care if the listeners want to know it. I want to. <laughs> I want to. So yeah, I, how do you know? How do I become better? And how can I have this opportunity to improve myself even? Maybe somebody can learn from my dumb, excuse my language, my dumb ass. But if you can help me out, yeah, please expound on that because it, it does help me overcome some of the trials and tribulations I'm still going through at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's important to like back it up a little bit. And, and we start the book talking about how we are, how we come in as children. You know, we come in as children into this world straight from God, you know, uncorrupted, yeah. beautiful unashamed to ask for anything. And literally we want to know everything, you yeah. know, we want to know who, what, when, where, why, how, and we want to also ask for more and more and more. And that is a beautiful thing. That is an uncorrupted spirit wanting to, wanting to grow and to learn and to evolve and to experience this beautiful life that God gave us. But over time, depending on how we were parented or how we, you know, school went for us, whatever teachers we had, yeah. you know, our jobs, military, all of these things that started to kind of shut us down in our curiosity, in our desire to want to know more. You know, it's kind of like only only ask if you're called on or, you know, you've asked me too many questions. Can you just be quiet? 
And so over time, that kind of gets crushed out of you. And you start to feel, um, first of all, as adults, we start to suddenly find ourselves in a place where we're ashamed to not have all the answers. Okay, we're embarrassed. And we don't want to let anybody know that we don't already have all those answers, right? So, and the second thing is, is we're just afraid to ask. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid somehow we're going to lose love or or whatever it is. And, and it's just so sad. I mean, Mark and I wrote about what we call the seven roadblocks to asking. And what we found is that most people have at least one of these roadblocks, if not more. And those are, you know, unworthiness, doubt, yeah. um, naivete, fear, which is just that sheer terror rejection that we're going to lose love or approval. Um, pattern paralysis, you know, where you just get stuck in the same pattern over and over and over again. And you know that person. I mean, we've all been there at some time in our lives, but you can probably look at other people and go, they're going to do the same thing last week. You know, they yeah, did the same thing yeah. last week, last yeah, month, yeah. last year. They're going to still do the same thing next week, next month, and next, next year. Never stopping to question it. Never stopping to ask if it's working or not. Is it is it leading to happiness? Is it leading to success? Is it leading to a greater relationship with God, is it relating? Is it is it raising us closer to our life purpose? And so, what we're saying is, you know, get off the roller coaster, get off that merry-go-round, and stop and take this time to start asking the questions that will help you unleash the dreams in your heart and start to cross that bridge to your ultimate destiny. Which Crystal, which, I, I was go ahead, go ahead, Ian. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering as as a hypnotherapist because I've done therapy before. I know Chris has done therapy. I've never done hypnotherapy. Are you able to deprogram that? You feel over time out of people those those patterns that they've learned as children and as young adults to be a better them and and get that bad thinking out of their philosophy. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, some people are scared of hypnotherapy. They're like, "Oh, it's mind control. You can control my mind." And I'm like, "Guess what, guys?" You have been hypnotized your entire life. You just don't know it. Okay. So you might as well realize that and, and decide to hypnotize yourself positively in a way that is in alignment with your highest purpose and with God's highest purpose for you. And it is so powerful. I mean, I literally, that's what how Mark and I met and I wrote my first book. I was having so many incredible breakthroughs with my clients. I mean, people would come to me. And, uh, you know, let me just like, I'll talk about one woman in particular, because it's always more relatable. This woman, Kathy, who came to me, she heard me talk on a radio show and she called and she goes, you're my last hope. I've been going to counselors my whole life. I've been in therapy my whole life. She goes, I am so, I've been so depressed. I wake up every day feeling like I shouldn't be alive. I don't deserve to live. I should be dead. And, um, I don't know why I'm here. And she'd grown up in a very abusive background. Her mother was mentally ill. She remembered, she had these crazy memories of her mother picking her up by the ankle and swinging her around and like releasing her into the refrigerator when she was four years old. And then her mother one day just left her and her two sisters and never came back ever. Never saw her mother again in her entire life. Her dad um, tried to cope with it for a while. And then one day he just said, get in the truck, loaded up the girls, drove to the relatives, dropped them off and said, you, you take these girls. I, ca I can't deal with this. I don't know what to do. So all the relatives stood around and said, well, I'll take the baby. She needs help. You know, she's only two and I'll take the four-year-old, but no one wanted poor little eight-year-old Kathy. So she just was, her sense of worthlessness yeah. was so overwhelming that it resulted in this, even though she was successful, she, she was passed around to her relatives and she had to work for her keep, you know, yeah. so she had a great work ethic. She got a good job. She was in insurance. 
but she had no purpose to her life. And she literally woke up every day saying, I feel like I should just die. I should be dead. I don't know why I'm here. So, you know, we all carry baggage. Hers was really intense baggage. But we started with, there's a technique called emotional freedom technique. And I love this technique. It's a, it's a protocol of tapping on your meridian points in your body because you don't realize that you store that trauma and stress, not just in your brain, but in your entire nervous system. So it really helps to kind of diffuse all of that intenseness, that anxiety, that, that intensity that exists in our nervous system when we live like that, you know, with that trauma. And then that would, that relaxes my clients enough to then go to this place where, you know, after I do the intake and understand their issues, then, you know, we just go naturally into this calm guided visualization state, you know, which is called hypnotherapy. And it's really just using your own brave brain waves, the way they work anyway, all day long, your brain goes from beta, alpha, theta, delta all day long. Boom, 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 boom. When you're watching TV, you know, you're in a beta state when you're, when you're concentrating, working on your computer, and then you sit down and kind of watch the TV or watch a video. And all of a sudden you start to drop into alpha. That's why commercials, television commercials are so powerful because they're literally, it used to be, remember program? Watch yeah. this program. They're programming. Yeah, pro, I, I keep remembering the movie They Live with Rowdy Piper. That's when you yeah. say that. I can't, <laughs> you are there, you are, they're programming you and you're just not seeing it till you put on the sunglasses and then you can see it's all, it's all just, they're trying to put your mind into these aliens are trying to take over your mind. Ah, great. Right. But, but no, that, that makes, that's, I'm so that's my simple way of <laughs> putting that all in perspective, but yeah, that's true. That, that, that's true. I, on the, um, I, I, as being a veteran you know, and being, being deployed for a lot of years over the in you know, it's a few incidents here or there. Um, when you get with veterans, cause we do have a good veteran uh, listening base. How do you deal with that? How do you handle, especially those that I, 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 I'm not going to say his name. I had another buddy that committed suicide last week. Um, um, so we do have some, and I know there's probably one out there that might need some help. And, and, you know, this is an opportunity for us here with you on to, to speak to him. But is there a way that maybe you speak differently to a veteran that has seen a lot of, a lot of war, a lot of death, uh, or have lost buddies right next to him, a very specific, it, it is hard. It's hard to see a mortar hit your friend and, fight through it and it i've been able to handle it. i have great family and i've i've been able to deal with it because of books because of me writing my own books and stuff there but those that don't have those outlets or don't have that good base what can you tell them what how can how can you help them you have to have an outlet you've got to get yourself help because you know life is stressful enough i mean we yeah. all need this kind of help right yeah. we go through these pitfalls and problems and setbacks and devastations all the time. And, and just from that, you know, we need to reset ourselves and depending on what baggage we're carrying around from our childhood, but then you go through something more traumatic. I personally haven't worked with a lot of veterans, but I would love to, because I already know if God gave me any gift, it's to like, when I sit with someone, I can start to sort of relate and feel their pain and like, but not just feel their pain, like feel the pathway through yeah. it and kind of out of it. And there are a lot of things I would do to recontextualize the whole experience. You know what I mean? And then release it. Um, the recontextualizing and neutralizing is so important. Okay. So you don't carry around these incredibly emotionally charged things, these emotionally charged memories that you can actually then have a memory that isn't, that is more neutral and has a better context. No, to it. I, I, I agree. No, I, I, I've been able to do that with mine. I, I've been the horrible things to me. I've been like, wow, I got to experience that. 
How awesome is that? Not that it was an awesome event, but it was, whoa, those lights, that explosion, that blast, that smell that you don't get experience anywhere. So that's what I've been, luckily for me, I've been able to do. I'll be honest, the movie, I think kind of helped that. It did really did. It was hard to do the movie, but at the end of it, it's like, I'm watching it going, man, that's, I got to experience that. That's not a negative. That is awesome. I, it's just hard to get guys to think that way. And doc, I don't know. I, you know, if if you've, if you've uh, had anything that you've had to do, especially over your speeches over the years, if anybody's come up to you and said, veterans said, Hey, what can you tell me? I, I've had during my speeches, I've guys can, Hey, it was awesome. Can you help me with this? And I, I do my best, but I'm not a, I'm not a medical, I, I'm not in therapy. I'm nothing. I'm just a, just a knuckle dragger that's seen a few things, but could yeah, you give two, me advice? Yeah. Two or three quick things. First of all, thank you for serving and thank every veteran out there. Cause that's what keeps America free and freedom is not free. No, sure. All that. sure. And, and uh, we've done a lot of stuff with, um, Lieutenant Dan, who everybody knows, does a great show, yeah, and he, yeah. he had us down at Fort Bliss with yeah. uh, all the wounded warriors, and it just, we fell in love with every one of them, and, and um, we, back when, before COVID, we were hugging all of them. And, <laughs> and, and, you got to watch out for those guys at Bliss anyway when you're hugging, COVID or not, there's some dirty guys down there. And they know I'm talking about. They're laughing right now. They're not hurt. Like, yep, Tano, you're right. You're right. okay. I'm sorry. I just had to put that out there for a second. Yeah, the other thing is, is that what you're saying in the subtext here, and what we've done from the beginning, and, and we've just done a hundred podcasts since we got shut down. The book came out in April, and it's been amazing, and it's all been great. But yours is the one. I don't know why I'm feeling such glee and such. <laughs> it's a smile. It's my smile. It's <laughs> looking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the point is, I think that's what everyone needs right now. What, what we did in Chicken Soup, and you'll, I yeah. don't know if you read the first one, the original one, which blew all the records, you know, and then mm-hmm. ultimately half a billion books after getting turned down by 144 people. And I'm the one who handled that rather than Dr. Campbell. <laughs> I just got to be clear that I'm the salesman since I was nine years old. And, and God bless Jeff. I need him. He's a genius. The point is, is it, is it, I think we need more laughter. The first thing we did, one of the first stories in Chicken Soup is that your endorphins run on laughter yeah. and everyone needs that. And, and what we're really dealing with here is either you're evolving, going up to your destiny yeah. or you're uh, uh, involuting, which means you're going down. And, and the point is when you're laughing, when you're open, you go to the higher states of consciousness that Chris was talking about. And you too, I, I, forgive me, I, I'm not ever, you know, the old Robin Lee, <laughs> and I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing near you. Yeah, no, I, I, hey, you laugh at me all you want. I, I laugh at I laugh at Ian all the time. He laughs at me too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm very thankful for you guys. But what I'm saying to the people now on a, on a serious <laughs> note is it, listen to some humor. Listen to some uplift. Yeah. When I went bankrupt and lost $2 million in one day, and, and I went bankrupt so fast, I checked a book out of the library. Because I'm scholarly, and it's just how to go bankrupt by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked myself for six months. I'm sleeping in front of another guy's sleeping bag, and I, I you know, I want to exonate because I thought my self worth and my net worth were the same. And I kept asking myself, "What am I supposed to do?" And it finally came to me. I asked myself, and it said, "You're supposed to talk to people that care about things that matter that make a life changing difference." But this time, I'm living in Long Island, Hicksville, Long Island, New York, literally. You realize you're right. That's right near where I am. I'm in. I'm in Manhattan right now. Oh, <laughs> I train people at a gym in Hicksville. Yeah. So you, so you got. 
I used to go there to buy clothes once I made a little bit of wealth before I got it. Oh, yeah, the Americana. <laughs> I, I always think of – I'm, I'm t- totally off on a different tangent. We'll get, but whenever people hear uh, Billy Joel, are you going to cruise the Miracle Mile? I'm like, yeah, that's right where I live. Oh, that's wow. what he's talking about. Well, by that's the way, so awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I want to finish my story, but then yeah. we'll go back there because I want to take her there and we want to go to, you know – Sagamore Hill and, yeah. and Willworth Estate and all that. Anyhow, the, the point is, and it, unfortunately, the governor is out to lunch as far as I'm concerned and shut down the damn place. Yeah. Back yeah. to it, is it, I'm bankrupt. I go to my three roommates and it's miraculous because I said, hey, you guys, we're having breakfast. I'm asking you, do you know anyone that's young, not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a celebrity, not a Broadway star that is speaking and making money? And the guy miraculously said, look, here's a ticket. There's a real estate meeting and happened in Hawpog, Long Island, New York. You know where that <laughs> I, the only little thing I had is a little beat-up $400 pitted window, permanently air-conditioned Volkswagen. I raced my little butt out there, watched this guy, Chip Collins, who became my best friend and mentor, three hours, mesmerize the audience. I'm sitting there, and afterwards I go up and I ask him, I said, can I buy your lunch? i got to learn how to do this. He said, look, kid, I'm over you, and chance you making it is you ain't going to make it. One in a thousand. So I said, just tell me what to do. I'm really a hard worker. I'll pull this off. And I did a thousand talks a year the first three years. <clears throat> sell talks and new talks but people kept saying do you have that in a book so the first book i did was called stand up speak on win and i asked everybody in every audience to buy and i remember my audience were six people ten people twelve people i sold in little insurance offices i sold twenty thousand copies at ten dollars each i made two hundred thousand dollars man i thought i had died and gone to heaven because i was doing what i wanted becoming who i wanted to be because that's what everyone's got to do right now all of us are in the do Right, 30 million people are unemployed, underemployed, or unhappily employed. It's time to repivot. And what our book does is we're saying, no, don't buy one ask. Buy two copies of our ask book. Go over every question in the book so you figure out what you're supposed to do with your life because who you are is too important to squander it saying, I feel terrible. I'm going to watch <laughs> the news again. again. Yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get sick until I'm <laughs> The world's going to end and it's over. No, the world's going to be... We live in Scottsdale. You guys can shut your mouths. I'm in Nebraska right now in the winter. I'm free. <laughs> I want to hear about your Scottsdale time. All right. I was all happy until you said that. You just ruined it. Ruined the whole podcast. <laughs> 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 Laughter. Guys in the military. And and I, I think referring back to, to the movie 13 Hours, that's what we wanted to make sure people saw is that Laughter. We laugh at everything, even the worst thing, because that's what gets you through it. So when you say laughter, I'm like, yes, that's that's why we're such idiots, because we laugh at the because it, laughter is the best medicine. And we wanted to show that even in combat, you're laughing because how do you get through it? If you don't, then it's just, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. And you can't you can't fight like that. Well, and that's why Bob Hope brought the troops over. I love it, and and you know, I'm a student of Bob Hope's. So I'm certainly not, I, I met him a couple of times, but, I, you know, and I offered to do stuff. And it was just, it was so wonderful because so, yeah. he brought out everybody that was funny. Him and Bing and, and Nick and Cole, all, all the boys and girls, you know, our friends are the ones that created Child Help, which we raised so much money for, traveled with them on a full-time basis. So, and they've now helped 10 and a half million kids get out of abuse, neglect, wow. Sex trafficking, which you go high, and the military helped build the base. I, I can make you cry with these stories, but I'm going to five with you. you well, if you know, you can you feel free to say them. We're not on any sort of 
path. If you haven't told already, I, I'm on this path and I'm here and I'm here and I'm here. So you, you can join that craziness. It's fine. It's yeah, I don't think it's a single path. I think we're all on the super highway. <laughs> right. Well, I think the point is you got, we, we have to recognize the tools that in our lives that are going to get us through life and to be happy and productive and keep moving forward and keep finding our destiny and, and keep expanding what that is. And um, laughter is one of those tools. Asking is one of those tools. And that's why Mark and I wrote the book, because when we started thinking back on our own lives, we're like, oh man, when I went through this terrible situation, you know, what got us out of it? And it was just that ability to ask. Yeah. And I had this, you know, when I was young, I'll just tell a story really quickly, but it was my pivotal kind of asking moment. But I was one of those kids who found high school to be, you know, kind of easy and boring. So I accelerated my curriculum and graduated myself at age 16 and wow. married my boyfriend, who was five years older than I. Not a great life plan, right? Because I ended up two and a half years later, I'm divorced in a new city by myself with no family, friends, a baby on my hip, no wow. earthly clue wow. how I was going to take care of myself or survive. And so I did the only thing I could think of was to get food stamps. So I was standing there that first time that I got those food stamps in line at the, at the, you know, coming up to the cashier, getting ready to turn my food stamps over for diapers and groceries. And suddenly I had this incredible epiphany and it was like for a second, this spotlight was shining on my head and a question dropped into my mind. And the first question was, how did I get here? Followed by a second question that was, are you doing everything you can to get out of this? Are you taking the easy way out? And I swear to you, wherever that question came from, I knew the answer immediately. And I, I knew I wasn't doing everything I could to get out of that. I knew I wasn't tapping into my best. And I didn't even know what that was, but I knew I wasn't doing it. And as I was turning over, I had such a shift in perspective in that moment when I asked those questions and answered it. And as I turned those food stamps over, I was literally saying to myself with so much conviction, I'll never forget it because I was looking at that woman. I probably looked a little fierce, you know, because I was like, I was saying to myself, this will not be my future. And so I went home and thought, you know, I I don't have any answers, but I have questions. So I kept asking, asking myself, you know, what, who would hire me tomorrow? How can I make money tomorrow? What can I do? What am I qualified to do? And I remembered hearing on the radio after I started asking, I was like, the radio, they've got those temporary service agencies. You know, I'm so young at the time. So I called Kelly girls and I'm like, how do I apply? Asked them how to do it. They said, fill out the paperwork. And I had worked in high school. I worked at, you know, the cool clothing store that we had in our town. And I worked at my dad's law office. And I I worked (laughs) when I was 14, I lied and said I was 15. And, uh, you know, so I filled out the application and pretty soon they're like calling me and giving me opportunities. You can work for this job. There's a three day assignment, a two week assignment. And I started doing all these cool jobs, like filling in at attorney's offices and, you know, doing sales at conventions and things like that, you know, setting up booths at malls. And I started learning a lot about myself. And I learned that I really love business. I love sales, especially. And I, and I love working with people. And so I decided um, to put myself through real estate school. And in the meantime, I had some people approach me and say, you should do some modeling. So I thought, what do I have to lose? I went into the, the agency in my town. that was the biggest agency. And I asked them if they signed me and they made me walk the runway. They're like, well, can you walk the runway? And I was like, I don't know how. <laughs> I can walk the runway. I, the hell oh runway. You should see oh me, <laughs> my hips back and forth. I, I, I mean, they're not as good as they used to be because I, I broke them a few times. But. 
Yeah. But you know, those moments, like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. And I ended up doing some television commercials, which went national. So literally, you guys. That's awesome. A year and a half later, from the time that I was turning over those food stamps at the cashier, getting eviction notices every month, a little more than a year and a half later, I am now a licensed realtor working for the biggest um, home builder in our valley. And I became the number one realtor because I was working really hard. And I was getting royalties, like residuals from my television commercials. And so I often thought back about that moment where I was like, I, it was, it would have been so easy because I was, it was a tough time to just slide. You could, just, you could just quit. Really? You could have just quit and said, ah, oh, yeah, this is my life. I was so young. Like, how could I do this? No one there to help me. But I'm really so thankful that I, that question came to me that I asked myself that this tough question, because it's a tough question. And that I had the courage to answer it honestly, because sometimes you have to be a little tough on yourself. You have okay. to ask yourself those tough questions and you have to be willing to answer them honestly, because that is what's going to pivot you. That's how you ask the right question in the right way. And you, you know, sit there and ask, who's going to help me? I'm so sad. <laughs> you know, who can take care of me? That's yeah. not the right question, that, you know? Never. I, and so I'm so, it, it made me always think back on that. And that's, all those experiences that Mark and I had, you know, sometimes people look at people like us or whatever and go, you know, life's been pretty easy for you. You just figured it out. And it hasn't. Yeah, I think people assume success really is like overnight that they, they don't see the road that it's And up. you guys both from people listening and even both have said it. And I can just by what you're talking, you guys have one common factor. You both have worked hard. You've worked, you didn't quit and you worked hard. And that, led you to success which is i love when you said that also your worth is not your success either though that was awesome because i i agree with that as well so sometimes it goes together sometimes it doesn't but bottom line is you guys both had intestinal fortitude motivation you didn't quit and what your daddy said and what my daddy told me just work hard work hard good things will happen that's what he always would say and honestly i think I think my mom got that from one of your books too. Probably you can tell me. Uh, no, that that was a book on my shelf. I still remember that book on my shelf. But no, and it's what Ian said. You know, everybody read our books either at church or at school or wherever, and, yeah. and you know, all those books, and we've had over a billion readers probably or listeners, and it just has been good. And the, our goal is high because you know. It, Everybody out there listening saying, well, what do you got to do? Well, you got to have self-determination and action towards a destination that's worthy of you. And, that, and back to your saying about not just work, we're saying, why not have spectacular relationships? Like we wake up every morning and pray and meditate for an hour together because when we're falling indefatigably in love, we're back at a restaurant in Costa Mesa at Mother's uh, Health Food Store. And an old man is sitting next to us with a clerical collar and he leans in and says, I see you guys are really in love. <laughs> Can I tell you how to stay married? And you go, okay, God, you're really sending these people. <laughs> I know, to- just keep it off. Not even <laughs> trying to trying to hide. Just obvious, yeah. Okay, tell me. Yeah, yeah you right. says, I'm 93 and I'm head of Billy Graham Ministries for the last seven years. And I go, oh, I got goosebumps telling you that. <laughs> I can Whatever this brother says out of the cloth, I'm going to listen to you. And he says, here's what you guys got to do. And, and nobody knows this. And I go, you know, and now we're, he's whispering. And I go, okay, what is it? Okay, I'll whisper back. I'm easy. He says, you know, pray together out loud every day. And now I'm going to let Crystal answer that. Well, no, I just, it was really interesting because I'd prayed my whole life, but more like <laughs> prayed at church, prayed by myself. But I'd never, because I was married before. My husband and I never prayed together, you know, like intimate, like that sure. that way. And I was like, wow, okay. And so we were like, let's just do that. And I, and I don't think Mark had with his ex-wife, like prayed no. with her. And um, 
it's really a new level of intimacy, you know, intimacy with God and spiritual intimacy. And it's, it, that's what's so important about it. It's the most important intimacy you can have, I think, with your partner. Um, is it also finding something in common? I mean, are, yeah, yeah. You, it's something that you enjoy doing, which can be anything, but that in particular, because it's prayer, because yeah, you're right. Prayer, unless you're at church or saying prayer at a dinner table together as a family, right. it is a private thing. It really is. That yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking, going, man, I, I've never done that with my wife. And when I think about it, I'm like, God, that would feel uncomfortable at first. Yeah, it would. yeah. And was it, was it a little uncomfortable at first? Or it did you get, it's like odd. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. People who pray their whole lives. It was a little odd, but it's like it does create a higher level of more important type of intimacy, which is that spiritual intimacy, which is what keeps you together because that's the highest. That's that's being intimate with God together, sure. and you know it, it's just really remarkable. It keeps you on a higher path. And um, so we never miss it now. And now it's just like super comfortable. We're just like. Yeah. <laughs> That's we've never heard anybody say that's awesome. I, I, Ian, have we? I've never heard that before. No, so, not not on the show. No, and I think See, God said that guy. So, so two hitchhikes in that. Number one is I did Chicken Soup with the Soul Bible, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back one stage and then do that and tell you the outcome for every veteran listening. But when we did Chicken Soup, we couldn't get on the bestseller list on New York Times. I was selling twenty thousand a week, which is the I would have been number one then. I call up the lady because she actually said, do you have the guts to call her? I said, hell, she's a person. I'm going to call her. Yeah. She said, sir, this is a New York Times. We don't do multi-author books. I said, really? She said, yes, I told you. I said, are you absolutely sure? She said, I'm sure. I said, lady, you do the Bible. It's got 66 books. And if we add maps, there's 720. You're Jedi mind <laughs> trick. Oh, my gosh. You're doing all I, like, I got you. Yes, you will. You will put hers on that. So, so in the Bible, there are two, only two things that's repeated 365 times for every day of the year. First of all, it's rejoice, because you've got to ask yourself to rejoice. And the second is, is fear not. And you've got to ask yourself to fear not. And, and the military guys, you guys have all, you know, you've got to have fear. And what we're teaching in the book is you've got to ask yourself, whatever it is that you're facing, one of those seven roadblocks, are you willing to step on it with courage? Courage is a French word that means spirit within showing fear has no basis in your life because you're confronting your fear. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd like hey, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You know what I wanted to get into? Cause I, it, it goes back to something Mark was saying earlier, but you were talking about people kind of programming the wrong things into themselves and they need to laugh. They need to do something inspirational. We talk about this on the show all the time. I think that especially right now, people have limited time. They're at their job eight hours a day. Um, And when they get home, you're right. They are watching the news. They are logging on Twitter. They're totally involved in whatever drama is going on. And I've realized, and I know Chris has realized, it's really never ending. I think people thought, all right, after the election's over, then I could work on myself. And now it's like, but I am so tied into this election fraud stuff. now, And it's going to keep going. There's going to be something new. So what do you tell people when they say, well, I don't want to bury my head in the sand. I want to stay informed. And, you know, what do you tell them that they should spend those hours on something positive, on something that's going to enrich their life rather than moderation. drag them down? Moderation, if they still want to watch that, which I don't watch it all. I turn it off. I, I, I used to be on it all the time. I don't even know. But, yeah, where's the moderation come from? What What's some advice? I, no, people can't right. do what I do. A lot of them can't just turn that stuff off. They got to have it. I got to. But so I'm not the person to ask for that. 
Yeah, ha- I think that's what- why I was asking Mark. Yeah, no. thank you. Thank you. No, that's- and, and Crystal. No, no, no. Okay. Oh wait, as I, th- I thought. Wait, I'm, I thought I've always feel like I'm the guest. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting this is my show. This is our show. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I'm coming back, and then you talk over me the whole time on on your show. If that's okay with you guys, I, I can do that. Back in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, I literally shut off the media. I stopped reading the New York Times, which is what we're saying now to people. 15 minutes is all the negative that you can implode into your head without exploding negatively and going, oh, I can't handle it. I want to take out on somebody or something. So the point is, read something positive, whether it's, and I hope it's one of our books, starting with Ask, of course. But I've written 312 books. You've got a lot. But there's also every audio, every video, and it's all on YouTube. And there's really good positive stuff out there that can give you what Zig Ziglar, my old colleague, I did a lot of seminars exactly. with, a checkup from the neck up because from the neck up, you're going to go up and then you're going to add. Right. I just wanted to say it's so important that we're talking about this, you guys, because when we listen to this constant um, you know, barrage of news that makes us nervous and uncertain and upset, we're actually putting ourselves in a state and we're putting in our, ourselves in a terrible state. A, t- a state of fear and uncertainty. And in that state, our brain doesn't work well. It, it actually creates um, unwellness in our body. We can get sicker. We're more, it compromises your immune system when you're in that yeah. stress all the time. And so you simply cannot stay in it. So you have to have just like, you have to stay informed. I get it. Cause we want to, too, but like cluster it in one little pocket of the day, either in the morning or night, sometime that makes sense or in the middle of the day, don't do it late at night, though. Don't do it as you're getting ready for bed. That's the worst time to listen to that type of news. I'd rather, you know, be in the morning or maybe at lunchtime or something like that. But then you have to do these other things that get you out of that state. And these things apply even when this horrible news isn't going on because life is is challenging sometimes. So you need to read these inspirational books. I mean, a book like this can, and I'm not just saying just because we wrote the book, I mean, it can literally puts you in a totally different state that gets you thinking on a track that starts to expand your mind and expand your possibilities. And instantly, all of your chemistry changes in your mind. You start to flood, you know, positivity and possibility and all of those things, those, those thoughts create chemicals in your brain. Um, Candace Pert wrote the, the Molecules of Emotion. It's one of my favorite books, but she talks about that very thing. And she was nominated for a Nobel Prize for her work. Literally, when we take these positive things in and focus on all of this, this stuff, the good stuff, it will create positive chemistry. Our brains are like a pharmacy. So what are you going to create in your pharmacy today? Are you going to create uh, a bunch of chemicals that will make you feel happy, positive, enhance your health, enhance your immune system? Or are you going to put yourself in a state of panic and uncertainty by watching the news all the yeah. time, right? Yeah. It's super important. And even little things like one of the things I do that I have to do, I subscribe to this Reddit channel that's a bunch of silly dog and animal stuff. Reddit. Because that is one thing for me when I see like these crazy little things where like a dog like pulls a cat in and he's going like this or something. I just sit there and watch it. Instantly I can feel like, these great chemicals going through my body, like that is so cute. And I'm laughing. You know, so things like that, things like reading a positive book, things that'll give you direction. And that's why in the book we wrote about, you know, the right way to ask to, in, for health and wellness, because some people aren't doing well with their physical wellness. We wrote about how to ask the right questions in your relationships. So to make your relationships more fluid, more happy, you know, 
more wonderful. You've got to ask the right questions. And we get tons of questions in there that'll start you on the right path to recognizing the things in yourself that need to change and then how you need to support each other by asking the right questions. And then your, your career. Um, there's so many ways you can expand your life purpose and career by asking the right questions and tapping into the resources around you. We, you know, we say, ask yourself first, and that's really that reflective journey. And so few of us take the time to do that. We don't take the time with ourselves to do that reflective journey. And there are like three phases to the ask yourself part. Um, that's like the first question is, where am I now? Because you cannot know where to go unless you really understand who you are. You need to, and all the little sub questions that come under that, you know, is, is what I'm doing working? Am I happy with it? Is it my the best expression of me? Is there something bigger for me? All of those questions. And, and at the minute you ask the question, answers start to flood into your mind because um, the research we did shows that when you start asking yourself a question, completely different part of your brain lights up. And it's a part of your brain that does critical thinking. So all of a sudden, through asking these questions, your own mind becomes a better resource for you. So, you know, where am I now is the first critical phase. The second phase is, where do I want to be? There, It's striking and stunning to Mark and I how few people ever ask that question. They don't know what they really want. They don't know where they want to be. And we say, start from the end. Start with the end in mind. So God created human beings, the only animal on earth that has the ability to imagine something. Our imaginations are what has created every invention, every breakthrough, every innovation. So think what you have there. You have something that is more magnificent than any supercomputer right here in your mind. So start there. Use that imagination and imagine to the nth degree what it is you want. Imagine like in your career. If I'm in my perfect career, what does that look like? And then engineer it backwards by asking the right questions. Who am I talking to every day? Who are my clients? What services am I selling? What product am I selling? What's important to me every day? What are those conversations about? And in that way, by asking your way from the perfect place, you start to create an architectural plan for your life. That's your perfect plan. And then the final phase of the ask yourself part is, you know, ask, where am I now? Where do I want to be? And then what specific action do I need to take to get there? Because life requires action. You know, we're in a physical world. We have to like, when you start asking these questions, you're going to get ideas. You're going to get, you're going to think of someone who's like, oh, that's the perfect resource for me to go in this direction. Then you need to take the action and call that person, have a conversation, write those things down and follow through on them. And I'm telling you, if you just follow this, you know, question by question, answer by answer, you'll get the solutions, the illuminations, the plans, the breakthroughs, they'll just keep coming. And suddenly you've just shifted your life in a completely different direction. So, so how do you, and this is for the listeners out there, I, I've succeeded in things I've wanted to do in the goals by also failing. I failed and I've learned from the failure and I just don't quit. I just, and we, we've already talked a lot about that, but. And, and can I, can I yeah. jump in there with one thing yeah, yeah. related to that? Yeah. And I could tell this because Chris isn't going to say this. Just private conversations I've had with your <laughs> wife. She says the same thing. Like Tanya has told me. Yeah. She's like, I just know with Chris, like if he has something in mind, he just does not quit. And so it's not just you saying that, that you are able to strive through. And she's like, he always seems to make something work. So anyway, get back to what you're saying. But it's I know it's true with you. Honestly, that's that's a lot from the military, too, because you, you reach obstacles. I, who cares what the obstacle is? You find a way to go through it, around it, over it. We're 
this is the mission. We have to complete this mission. Regardless, we got to do it. Um, now, when we get in civilian world, it's not, it doesn't have to be that way because I don't have to complete the mission. You didn't have to complete the mission with the food stamps. You could have stayed on it. Right. So right. what do you say on that? I mean, I can say it my ranger way and just say, hey, knuckle up and get through that objective. Don't quit. heart. But I know that doesn't always work with a lot of people. So, you know, is there a better way to say it? Is there a better way? And it helps me to learn when I'm out there teaching. I still teach a lot of tactics and battle line courses, farms and stuff that maybe it will help me with my instruction. You know, what do, what do I do when somebody hits that obstacle instead of being that ranger? Hey, just get it done. What do we do? How do I say it? How can I be a nicer, gentler ranger? <laughs> it, it, it would help because a way to teach and become a better teacher, I think, would help me. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think you got to ask them if they see that they've got the courage, the guts, the stamina to do it. Because, And, and then they've got, you've got to buddy up with somebody. Like when Jack and I were doing the book, you know, and we're getting rejections. I mean, you get 144 rejections. And then, and then, by the way, the coup de gras is that our agent wrote us a letter and says, you guys are fired. <laughs> oh, your agent? Boys, boys, get clear. This isn't going to make it. Everybody, Penguin turned you down, ran him out, turned you down, and he went through the whole friggin' litany of everybody who turned us down. So Jack and I were talking, and, and he said, look, I don't know if we're going to make it or not. And our, our wives, our ex-wives now, but aren't so happy with us. So what do you think? So we decided to go to BEA, American Book Expo, and, and now I'm there for three days, and it, I'm in heaven because, remember, my parents were illiterate Danish people, not because they're stupid, just because my dad came here at 14 years old, leaving Hitler's Germany, because you'll love this, my Uncle Sven was head of the military in Denmark that created the black band for the king. So we took all the Jews into into Denmark wow. and, and Hitler put a hit on everyone in our family. And and my uncle Sven, 14 years older, my dad kissed him on both cheeks said, boy, here's a hundred dollars on a passport. I, you're out. We're, you're here. coming you're back out. on the show. We can just talk about that. I would love to hear that. We are. If, if you're, if you're willing to still come back on the show after this, Working. No, we're not. <laughs> I love, we love you guys. This is just mm-hmm. wonderful. Now I sidetracked myself. But the, the point is, we went to BEA. We took uh, three ring binders and backpacks. And we went to booth after booth after booth, getting turned down still. Finally, the third day, right? If, back to your stick to In Think Grow Rich, there are 13 principles that Napoleon Hill learned from all the 500 most successful people. And persistence is one of them. And you've got to have the other thing you've got that, that uh, Ian was alluding to correctly. My definition is it's a magnificent obsession, right? And in my magnificent obsession now is get everybody to read, ask. And I want to get 4 billion people that can't read to read, ask even, you know, just so we all, the whole planet, if we fulfill our destiny, the world will work for 100% of us. I really believe God set it up to do that. And somebody has to lead the charge. So we're doing it. And, and there are a lot of people that tell me, you can't do that. And I go, no, you can't. I've decided I'm going to do it. So it's done already. Yeah. We're just back to Crystal's thing about the three phases. We're, we're going to take the action and catch up to it. And like I said, I'm going to live to be 127 with opting for a renewal. So, you know, i got plenty of time. <laughs> that, I, I love hearing it because it, it always people that are successful or – and happy, I think, is being successful. I, you know, money comes and goes. I've seen it with even myself, and but happiness is essential. And every one of them has worked hard and never gave up on whatever they set their mind to. And it's mm-hmm. it's common. It's a common theme, and it doesn't matter if you're a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, you write books, you 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 run 
you know how to run radio state. I mean, like Ian is tremendous at what he does. He's successful at it right. because he's, he, he knows what he's doing and he, and he enjoys it. And I can tell it makes him happy. Um, especially when he can hit me on a, on a podcast every once in a while. I love, and I love, but, but that's, that's, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'll go ahead. What, what everyone out there has got to listen to is what you just said. And that is you cannot be happy unless you are productive. In other words, if we're made in the image and likeness of God, which is Genesis 128, there's two C's there. One is you got to create. And, and obviously, I've created 312 books, and we're not done. We've got a lot of stuff in, in route coming. And then number two is you've got to contribute. Because if you're not into service, because Martin Luther King's greatest line, as far as I'm concerned, we can argue that, but is it every one of us has a potential to be great because we can serve greatly. Now, you serve greatly as a janitor. The janitor, we've we got five kids and six grandkids. One of our kids is a great teacher, a special ed, and a janitor when the school's open, which is another whole thing that fries me wrong. But but when this janitor takes care of the teachers and teachers bring them little gifts and he takes care of the kids and makes so sure that beautiful. it just, it is a wonderful symbiotic thing, but he is serving greatly yeah. at his full capacity. I promise you. And so is our daughter. And, and I'll just hit on her. Last year, she had 15 kids, special ed in the morning and the afternoon. She found four in each class that were Asperger's positive, wow. meaning they were at four or five years old. They're reading in fifth and sixth grade. So they're actually little savants, but been misdiagnosed, which is what we're saying here. Wow. The whole people listening, every one of you, some of you are hiding out there. And, and I hope I get, I'll get goosebumps saying this to you, which means truth. Some of you are under living your privilege. And unless you read our book, Ask, and I say it from my heart, invest the $16, get two of them. And, and give it to somebody else and go through every one of it with somebody at church, somebody in your business, your mastermind partner, your military buddy, whatever it is. And, and you'll find out that you've got phenomenal potential. And I'll just do one more thing. We won the Horatio Algier Award, which means we came from rags to riches and been excessively philanthropic. But we got two guys in there that both got kicked out of school at 13. And you know both their names. Guys like you guys, wise asses. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> one is named Quincy Jones, yeah. right? And wow. Covered a little guy named Michael somebody. And the other guy, yep. David Foster, who did Barbara Stry- found Barbara Streisand and made her music work, Qu- Celine Dion, and, and Whitney Houston. And you say, well, wait a second. They got kicked out of school because they're stupid. No, they had desire and they had a destiny, but school isn't right for everybody. And the way we're teaching isn't fulfilling enough. And, that, and, and I know I'm waxing on here a little bit. No, no this is great. He's got great, great potential. And that's what we're saying you got to ask your way through to find it. And we, we can't find another solution to do that. And Chris, I wanted to say thing, one thing back to that question you said, like how do you motivate your people when, you know, you're going, come on, you've got something better and you're telling them all this and you're trying to motivate them. One of the best techniques is, is don't tell them, ask them, say, isn't there, I believe there's something better in you. Are you giving all you got? I want to, you know, I'm asking you, is there, isn't there something bigger in you? Isn't there something better and deeper? I feel like there is, but you need to tell me, I want you to ask yourself, you know, and when you ask someone a question, it it does something different than just telling them what they are. You make them pull it out. And it's really magical. I have found that to be really, really effective with my clients. Ask them, is there something more in you? Tell me what it is, because I see it. And, and two more things. Number one is, are, what is your potential in this arena that you're asking them to do stuff in? And number two is, 
come back to me tomorrow and tell me three ways that you're going to make this better than even I think you can do. And then that and takes then, out the, where you're feeling, they don't want, I don't want to make them feel like, you know, I'm being condescending to them. And that's where the line is. But, you know, that's actually, yeah, doing the, I like, I like that. Hey, three. And I don't know why I haven't thought of that, man. That's just, again, that's right. That's why you're here. All right. We're good. Ian, the show's a wrap. I got what I needed out of, yeah. out of these. I got, they're done. I got them out of these guys. Let's go. <laughs> You know what I wanted to throw out there? It was interesting that you mentioned Quincy Jones and Michael yeah. Jackson, and I swear I was thinking about that. That's why I was typing, because I wanted to see if I had the numbers right on this, and I'll tell you what I'm getting <laughs> into. Um, is One of the things I am familiar with your your co-author David from was The Secret, and I think a lot of people watch The Secret and they go, this is complete nonsense that you could just ask the universe for something and it's going to work for you. But I, I think the movie pinpoints, you can't just say, I want a million dollars. Well, is that going to fulfill you? How do you want to get that million dollars? What's the re- what are you going to do with that? What's the positive that, that's going to come out of that? Um, I think it's a super powerful movie, super powerful book. And the thing I wanted to mention and the reason I thought of Michael Jackson is it really, if you believe in it, it truly does work. And I know some of the greatest minds of our generations uh, really did use the secret to their advantage. And I was looking up, I know that Michael Jackson, I think when Thriller sold, I, I believe it was like 5 million copies or something unheard of at the time. He said, you know, I want to sell like 50 million copies. And they were, they were like, that's unheard of. That, that's not, that's never going to happen. And he actually did accomplish those goals. And it was all the secret. And I think if you really do believe that, if you really do believe the universe has a purpose for you and you meditate on that regularly and you, you, carry out the goals to fulfill that purpose, it will happen. But if you watch that movie, that documentary, or you read that book and you say, this is nonsense, then no, it never will happen for you. But going back even to Quincy, Quincy gets his butt kicked out of school because he's black and he's not doesn't look like he's performing, but who did he go to? And and, and I want everyone to watch this documentary. We love documentaries. We're making a couple. So, but, but Quincy goes to Ray Charles. And Ray Charles says, look, kid, I think you've got potential, and, he, and he's already a good piano player, and, but he's not academic. Ultimately, he became great academically. But the point is, he, he, we all need a great and inspiring mentor, somebody that challenges us to fulfill, back to the question I said to, to Chris a second ago, what's your potential? What's your potential in physical fitness? Because you guys in the military, you know, we were at a place the other day because we do travel still. And this guy came up to me in the restroom and said, boy, you look like you're in great shape as an old guy. And I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and I, how about you? He says, well, I'll, I'm a ranger and I do 500 push-ups. <laughs> those, those stuff, I, did hard. I thought I was doing yeah, good. But those rangers are jerks. I hate those guys. They're terrible. <laughs> you don't like rangers. Those sons of guys. I hate that. We're just terrible. That's all. No, I'm still still thinking. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking of. I'm already thinking of my next course. What I can do. So I'm I'm tuned out. You guys keep talking. I'm over here. <laughs> I, I really guess, I mean, what can I? What can I do? No, that was great advice. It was fantastic. The point is, is it you know because code got out right now called you have a book in you because everyone ought to write their book because I said the best book because you got to write it. But everyone says, well, I got three or four books. I ask you to write five or six books at the same time. The reason is, is that when Jack and I did Chicken Soup for the Writer's Soul, I got to spend a lot of time with Steve Allen, who did 7,000 songs, totally dyslexic, backwards, started The Tonight Show, did We're Happy to Something Big, great songs. He had, he showed me 28 tape recorders. He said, look, Mark, all these dumbasses who say they got writer's block, they're doing one thing. If you got 28 projects, you don't have writer's block. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
I, he was, I didn't know he was this. Was he dyslexic? I didn't. Yeah, totally backwards and upside down. He had to dictate everything and get somebody to transcribe it. And then his wife who was equally talented, you know, Junior, did all that. Again, it just him. shows hard work and hard work always trumps adversity. It really, it really does. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I want to say the reason it's so such an honor to have you yeah. guys on the podcast is because you've been doing, you know, especially I, I do have to say, especially um, you, Mark, for decades, kind of the same thing that we're trying to do with this podcast. And we get a lot of questions of like, why aren't you guys talking about this corruption going on there and this and, you know, this political issue and that political issue? And we'll get into it a little bit because it's a podcast. We talk about what's topically going on. But I really do think it's so much more fulfilling to put out something that's positive, put out something that's inspiring, because I know that, you know, years down the line, and I would hope the same way you've seen it with your books, someone will come back to you and say, that put like a great idea in my head. And I started a business. I wrote a book. I started my own podcast. Rather than focusing on the negativity, which I think is what 99% of people are doing right now. And all we're asking you to do, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for this whole show letting us play with you guys. It's awesome. The whole show is we've got to switch out of that 99% negativity because it is so prevalent. It is so demoralizing. It's so detrimental. But it's detrimental not only mentally, physically, but it is detrimental to the soul because your soul is here to enjoy, to express, to fulfill, to live. And it, again, I'm going to say it. The only way we see anyone getting there is learn how to ask and know who to ask, how to ask, when to ask, and whom to ask. And obviously, I asked Chip Collins, and Chip Collins said, well, if you'll do this, 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 and then he said, if you go out and knock on 10 doors at 89, nine of them are going to say no, one will say yes. Well, it's 6.30 at night, and the last guy I'm calling on is a guy with Metropolitan Insurance, and I say, look, I'm doing this little seminar series. I'm a professional speaker. I, w- I would like, do, do you have seminars here? He says, yeah, every Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock. I said, good, I'll be here next Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Let me help you. I do prospecting, presenting, closing, good work habits. And do you want to cut the check or have your secretary cut it? Well, he said it was $400. He said, you made me so happy. I cut it immediately. So, uh, and, you know, and I was doing four or five seminars a day, but the guy, would, he said, Mark, here's a directory. I'm the, uh, my name, he, he weighed about 450 pounds. <laughs> and, and he was as you know, he's in Hempstead, and he said, "My name's Stoney." And he said, uh, "You got to get it clear. Uh, I'm with the number one company in the world here, Metropolitan, <laughs> and I'm number one." And he said, "You just take this director and you call these guys, and you tell them Pony sent you." And go, I'm talking to the Godfather. This I is know. so. <laughs> <laughs> it's the law of attraction because that's all I was thinking about. I literally did the 99% that you're talking about. And we, we, I cut off reading all that negative stuff, which I thought I was, I'm being sophisticated. I'm being urbane. I'm being hip. No, you're crashing your soul. You're crashing your mind. You're wrecking your body and you're getting sick. Suddenly I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm whole, I'm complete. And I had, a, I uplifted a lot of audiences that were. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, I, 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 there were times in, what you said and i remember thinking back now those three years that i was in the media a ton i was always on fox probably the most miserable years of my life they were and i was actually probably making the most money at the time too i was doing a lot of folks speaking i I have a tremendous speaking bureau that that helps me kepler speakers out of out of they're they're fantastic jay conklin over there but um yeah it was a struggle and you by saying ask i i did i tried to uh, and we've talked about on the show before i've tried to commit suicide three i'm not good at it but three times 
Um, so luckily, I'm not lucky. But but when I finally yeah when I finally got over it, it was I looked at the it was after my last attempt, um, which I was basically the crying game in the shower. I mean, it was literally that. I'm I'm problem talking about. I've, I've talked about it in public before, but um, it was I looked in the mirror and I said, "Do I want to live like this the rest of my life?" And that's when I finally was like, okay, done. I'm cutting out the media. I don't do news anymore. I'm not coming on there. I've got to change my life. I've got to reconcile with my ex, which she was the light of my life, which is I messed that up, but we've got it fixed. Um, but it was, it was, you say ask. And that's what's all, I, I looked in the mirror. And that was the hardest thing to do is to look at myself in the eyes, look right in my eyes and be like, is this what I want to be the rest of my life? Is this what I want? Is this how I want to live? And I, I, I couldn't even look at myself first. I had, I kept glancing away. So no, that's that's perfect example, and 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 you saying with the speaking events as well, that's what got me through some of those days that I was so awful. It was when somebody come up to me and said, "Hey, you you helped me today." I'm like, man, I can't even help myself. How am I doing this? That that was amazing, and it brought my memory. When you said that, it brought a memory back of when I had an event in New Jersey that that where a guy did that, and I was at the lowest point of my life, and it was oh my gosh, I'm still. Hoping some people out here, I got to keep going. Uh, I, I, you brought a lot of memories back. There's some good and bad, but they've been fantastic. This, this interview. Wow. Did chicken soup for the teenage souls <laughs> sold a million, and our publisher before said, "Hey, I've had, I've got teenage <laughs> buy CDs, concert tickets, and like, oh, find your damn book." And the kids would buy it for themselves. Anyhow, the the point is, we've got we ultimately had to pay a psychiatrist to answer all the calls on suicide because wow. neither Jack or I are psychiatrists. We're, reasonably smart maybe but and then jack i'll give him more credit than <laughs> but i'm just a street kid who can hustle and market and sell and promote that street, and street smarts is pretty dang smart that is that's that's a hell of a skill definitely a skill. Listen, i got great parents taught us hard work ethic all my brother we only got brothers we were all together in florida on vacation a couple of days ago and it just we all love each other and, and our families and our kids so and that's the other thing that you'd said way, way early, Chris, and that is you've got to cherish family. You've got to cherish God, family, and then your job, work. And that's that's where I finally found my my zen. And that's how I've had my zen when I was deploying the whole time. Family was tight. I killed it. I didn't give a crap about the media. I didn't give a crap about just my guy's family when I was downrange, family when I was back, and I was doing something I really enjoyed doing. And um, I, can, I can tell you, I said money's great, but money didn't make me happy because when I had – I was doing the best is when I felt the worst in my life because I was doing something I, I wasn't happy doing, wasn't, wasn't fulfilling. And again, asking that question or I asked in the mirror, is this what I want to be? Is this what I want to do the rest of my, I, that, that's amazing. That fits in right with the book. I didn't mean to, that was not planned at all. I just kind of, <laughs> it happened. So that's whatever what you guys said. I, I know it's going to resonate with people. Definitely. And I, I can't wait to meet both of you personally, at least just to shake hand, high five and, yeah. yeah, we need to make that happen. Yeah, really, you, you both all so come fun. here to wonderful Arizona and melt. <laughs> I, I was in Scottsdale just the just uh, like a month and a half ago visiting my friend. So had I have known, wow. I, next time I come visit him, it is going to happen. Though, come on over. So, um, what we'd like everyone to do is get two copies of the book. You know, give one to whoever your buddy is, your mastermind partner, your spouse, your military partner, your church partner, whatever temple partner, whatever it is. And then go to askthebookclub.com. We're going to treat everybody in the world the same to teach them to be master askers. And it's free at the moment. So we just want everyone to be uplifted because if everybody needs this upliftment now, I like Ian said, the, one of the early comments, I think I'm quoting you right. 
more now than ever because people are yeah. in dull, if yeah. you the term doldrums like when the wind people are are addicted i think to outrage negativity yeah, yeah the, the, and just the media the, it's an addiction right and all we're doing you know it doesn't really take us anywhere you know it's nice to be informed but we're just like digging yeah. our own hole and it's not taking us anywhere we get out of that and keep being productive and keep expressing our best and and that's one of my big questions every day is like Am I being the best expression for which God made me? Right. And it's not always about money. Like you said, Chris, it's about all of those other things. So if you ask those questions, it's amazing how much that keeps you vectored on the right, on the right thing. Please. If I can brag on her, I said, we got six grandkids and they're all magnificent kids, but our little ones just make her heart glow. And uh, the little, when he was six years old, two years ago, when we we're starting to write this book, we're in Hawaii on vacation when you could still do that. And we have a little company there called Natural Power Contest. But we get a little call and a six-year-old for Christmas had gotten a gizmo watch. Now I can only call his parents, four people, and his grandparents. Yeah. And and the call comes through and, and I knew who it was. It was Everett. He says, Grampy? I said, yes, Everett. He said, are you alone? I said, no, I'm with Mimi. He said, can I talk to you privately? And I'm going, <laughs> I said, listen, son, I've told you you can talk to me 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life. There's nobody more important to us than you guys. What is it? I'm thinking he's in trouble. I think he did something big like break something and can't tell his parents, right? And he said, uh, are you still writing books? I said, yes, sir. He said, I like your books. Can I write a book with you? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the book is with Everett because he was they're innocent. They're honest. They, the, Crystal said to you a second ago, the two things that God only gave human beings, imagination, which can add curiosity as a subset of that, and, and the ability to ask. No other animal in the kingdom has it. A deer can't ask a deer for something, as far as we know, right? Or a dog. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But you and I can do that. And this kid asked us, and, and as a result, he's now he's eight, but he's writing other stuff. And you go, wow. And the kid's really running at a fifth grade level it's because he's, he's on the part of his right life. And he's also a superstar uh, basketball player at, at eight years old. So he's amazing. <laughs> I love kids. Yeah. I have a five-year-old that makes my day every day. Yeah. Every day. So yeah, that, that's on, I, I, yeah. I, 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 he just keeps banging his head into things, though, because he's like his dad. He doesn't want to write. He just keeps <laughs> Running his head, so he's going to be a ranger, probably. Yeah. Yes, I, I got to tell you guys something uh, that I thought was interesting as we wrap things up here is that one of our sponsors, I was uh, throwing them, you know, who we have on the guest list coming up, and they were like, "Mark Victor Hansen, that guy is the best voice ever. I could listen to him read a phone book." And uh, so I, I have to say, listening to both of you because I didn't know Crystal's voice prior, like I could see why you're in the field that you are too, because you have a very soothing. Yeah voice easy to easy to talk to so i would hope you guys did the audio book you know we didn't and we're, we want to go back and redo it um the guy who did it we just didn't have time when it needed to be released to sit because it's a lot yeah. you know to do a I whole audio book. Book. it's yeah. tough I, i've I've, done, I've never written a book but i've done audio i, I did my it's, my audio book my two the ranger ones after you guys have two good voices not to do the audio book i want both your voices on it uh, it's, uh, thank you for saying that we appreciate it and we're going to go back and do that because i think it'll be really wonderful and especially like i don't know if you guys have read the whole book but um it starts with the fable of michaela mm-hmm. you know it's it's i wrote that fable and uh i just it's just sort of a magical journey that we wanted about asking that we wanted to take everybody on because stories like that are so powerful they're metaphors for our own lives and it just demonstrates how when you start to ask 
everything in your life opens up. Yep. And um, so, yeah, we and it, we'll, we'll try to do that. So, so two things: read the fable to the five-year-old, if you would, Chris. Ian, do you have any kids? No, no, <laughs> I'm still young, man. Just read it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I could technically. I'm thirty. I'm thirty-four, but no, you are not happening. Not happening anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will. I, I definitely will. And you're right. It, you guys doing your own audiobooks. It just, you've got, you do, you have the quiet storm voices. You should be on top. Uh, quiet storm. <laughs> Chicken soup for this. <laughs> you got wonder, wonderful. It's, and it, it it seems genuine. It really, if you wrote it, I can just see you write, reading that fable and just, you're not reading it. Now I'm not even reading it. I'm just going to it because she's great. But if you go back to our respective websites, <clears throat> yep. and I'm going to let her give her, we give you a free book and a free audio there. The most listened to audio. I got to redo Earl Nightingale's Strangest Secret. They came and said, we had 300 voices and we picked yours. I'm like, wow. I would have picked James Earl's Joan myself. I'm like, Listen, I'm on her. I'll do it. Crystalvisionlife.com. And there's an yeah. audio resource there called Purge Messy Thinking, which a lot of people need right now. We need to yeah. purge our messy thinking. Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. And, yeah, once again, the book is Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny, the tagline, you were born with a destiny, your job is to discover it. Start this decade off knowing exactly how to ask for what you want and get it. At Mark V. Hansen on Twitter, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N, uh, and at Mark Victor Hansen on Instagram. Crystal, any social media with you? Because I just don't have that. Yeah, I have all. I'm, I'm If you just go, uh, search Crystal Dwyer Hansen, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all, all over. Okay. Yep. Excellent. This has been great. I, I really, I definitely got something out of this. I feel inspired. And I mean, to talk to you guys is an honor because I think in this day and age, everybody thinks positivity is like posting some inspirational quote on Instagram. And I, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And, and you guys have really demonstrated that work that goes into that. Thank you. Thanks, thank Ian. And thank thanks, you. Chris. You guys, guys are, are awesome. Thanks for having us. And we'll connect. And one of these days, we should do a guided visualization for some of the people you work with. Yeah. If there's anybody that reaches out to me, because it, it, it does, I'll, I'll at least have some avenues to pass on information. And if you don't mind, I, I, I'll pass on your name because there are guys. Absolutely. That I, Absolutely. Okay. Love to. Fantastic. You guys are awesome. And you're just how I imagined you when I read the book when my mom made me do it years ago. <laughs> That's exactly like that. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy that tortured me. And then, then actually, I got into a couple of chapters. Like, wait, this is actually this isn't bad. And I read the whole thing. And you know, my mom, like educators, my dad has a doctorate degree. I grew up in educate, so obviously that was a book I had to read. And I was glad I did. It, it really helped me shape shape lots Your of. Mom are loving thanks. If you I will. I will tell Rita. I'll tell my mom. You said that she's she'll she'll be over the moon. So great interview with both of them. You know, what's funny that I was going to tell you is uh, that they definitely, Mark has mastered the art of both being like genuinely real through that interview, but still throwing in a million plugs. No, he, he, Sometimes you know people what? Throw in plugs and, you're, and you're like, you don't feel like you're getting that genuine person. He is, he was very much himself, but he's able to throw those all he's in per, there. He's and I respect, it. I respect it. Yeah, actually, Hachette taught us that when we were doing our book, how to do the interview. And then because we when we first did our interviews, we had somebody from the publishing agency and then also somebody from Paramount doing and they would critique us like, you got to say this more. You got to put that out there. How are people? People love it. But how are they going to know what the book is? So you had to there's a there is a a trade craft to to learning to do that. Um, 
where you should mention, hey, yeah, and throw in your you know, tie in the book. And yeah, like, hey, that's what I was talking about in my book here. So he's perfected it. That's why I was watching it and go, man, yeah, he's perfected that art. Because it is an art. They teach you every time you come off the set, if you're with a big publishing company or you're with a or you're with a uh, like the movie Paramount, they, they do. They critique you on it. <laughs> like shit. Okay. But yeah, there, there's a way to do it without not being without being like you're selling something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and, and it's easier to do on a long form <clears throat> interview too, because yeah. when you do those quick hits, as you know, in mainstream media, you have like five minutes. I don't know how you can do what we just did in five minutes. I don't, uh, I don't know how you could, you know, we got into so many different things. You, you can't um, they're tremendous. I love it. And he's, he's fun. I love people that can laugh and funny and they both just hilarious, which is good, good people, you know, just good people. And also there's just such a difference when you meet someone in that age group, whether it's like him or a Jim West, most people you meet at that age, like mid sixties to early seventies, you know, where he is, they're like, they don't have new goals that they're focusing on. They're kind of just coasting. And there's just such a difference between a guy like that. Who's like, I still want to write. I'm still motivated. I still have more to do. It's rare. And and I think it's awesome when you see, because I really hope I'm that way. When I'm his age, I don't want to be just coasting. I want to have new challenges. And it shows that if people are in their thirties and forties, if you're already starting to coast, that it's not the right answer. You know, that I remember that uh, I'm trying to think of who, who said it. Um, that guy who does like those gym bro videos. They're really funny. They're funny. But um, he says like, if you have a dad, Bob, dad, bot, it's like the ripe age of 25. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not the right answer. It, it, it Dom Mazzetti is who I'm thinking of. He does That's really funny yeah, the, yeah. videos. Yeah, he's, he was talking about how there's these articles about like women dig the dad bod and shows Leonardo DiCaprio. And, he, you know, he does that like Guido accent. But he's like, look, Leonardo DiCaprio is a famous millionaire. Like you are a, you know, unaccomplished guy. <laughs> yeah. Just like eating Doritos on your couch. Women don't want to be with that. Yeah, that's so. So get out and work out guys get, get out and, and do do something be be motivated at least at some part of the time there's a time to relax time to be motivated i i agree i i whenever we have these guys on these people with men and women guys again gender neutral term guys see i'm talking about no. right, <laughs> terrible ah, pc police woo, 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 woo. but it, it's always the same thing it's 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 Hard work, man. Hard work. Perseverance. Persistence, he said. We say perseverance. Didn't we have a word with Jim West that was oh, yeah, relaxing? Relaxing. Yeah. Relaxing. Relaxing. And relentless. And relentless. Relaxing. It's it's always, it doesn't just come and fall in your lap. Very rarely, I shouldn't say never. Very rarely does it do that. And if it does, it's because some family member prior to you worked their asses off to get to give it to you. So and and it doesn't and and I think those people don't always feel fulfilled. Yeah, you know, I remember reading about the um like Johnson and Johnson heir who was some socialite and you know committed suicide and people would go you know oh you, you inherited millions of dollars that's not is not going to make you feel yeah. fulfilled. You don't fulfilled at all. So I guys, if it, you you can always work a little harder, you can always do a little bit better. And, and I, I I come back again and I I want people to know that. You, your the amount your worth you have is not relative to your self worth or or your happiness. Yes, it, bills cause stress. I get that, but um, 
you know, if you're worried about making money constantly all the time, I, I don't think that's the way to go either. Just being successful and doing, and then the money, to me, the money will come. If, if that's, you know, if you're doing something you like and you're good at it and, and it's something that you're contributing, you're giving back. He talked about that giving back. Um, money's going to come. You, you hit the per, you're a perfect example of that. You didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And you're now you got doing stuff you're like, and Hey, shocker things are coming in. Jobs are coming in for you and your money's fine. Actually, I, are you, tell me again, are you better than when this started? But that oh, was, yeah, no, I, am. I don't, I, I, although <laughs> I don't want to put out the, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to put anything false out there. Like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. I'm still like a middle-class guy. But no, I am. I, the, the year started off and I did have some money issues for sure. And it was because I voluntarily quit my job, but actually goes to what they were saying. I mean, the universe was telling me that I needed to go on a new path. And and I know that, you know, people in my life were saying, you don't quit a job without having another lined up. But I got tired of working for like major corporations. And I really wanted to just do my own thing and be self-employed. And people think, oh, it's not possible. But it is possible if you believe in yourself. And, you know, you may have to give up on some things. You're not going to get health care, you know, provided to you not working for a big corporation the way America is now. But yeah, I, I do. I do agree with it. Like I said, I, I can't really say it another way, but nowadays it's just there's a lot of this like fake positivity out there. It's just you post a quote on Instagram, but you don't live by it. You know, just everybody wants to put off the air. They're positive. Like Mark is a guy who has done this for decades and really, you know, no matter what was going on in the world, his books were apolitical and they were just all about putting positivity out there. And, and it shows with his success and the six, it's the, excuse me. Yeah. Talk. It's the success that he envisioned for himself and it wasn't anybody else envisioned it for him. This is what he wanted. And to me, that's being successful. And yes, he is successful financially as well. Um, But again, that's what he envisioned. That's what he, that's what he wanted. And he went, he went for it and he got, he didn't let fear stop him. And, this is where he's at. And everybody can be like that. I, I'm, yeah, I, I, my income changed drastically when, uh, when the hibbity bibbity virus hit, because like speaking events, I'll cancel. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that, you know, and, but you know what that drove me to? Okay. That's not where I need to be. Well, the podcast is doing great now. We're having fun. Battle line tactical, the training company. I got more involved with that. And actually I'm more fulfilled doing that. Um, you and know, you're great at it. I appreciate it, brother. And and then also being better at home with my family where that needed to be worked on. I, I, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely fulfilled. Um, and then, you know, what's fun. And you know, what's also, it, it's, it's even, even doing commerce on my website. So I never really wanted to get into that because I didn't have time for it. And now I am, and it's actually fun because I'm working with different people to, it's not even my ideas. If you go to the websites, my website and stuff, see all that e-commerce stuff on there. It's from what other people say, Hey, you want to do this? You want to do this? And it's like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And I'm having fun because I'm working with some great people to do it. And that's even fulfilling. So, you know, one door closes, another one opens is, is really way to say it, but that door's got to open. And sometimes you got to kick it open you can't stop. You got to be motivated and you got to persevere and you can't quit. Um, you know, I, that's why when I got kicked out of the military, the first time I was in, I got kicked out of the military. I had to do it again, but I didn't want to, I didn't quit. Uh, and with you too, I think it's also uh, with both of us, physical fitness is a huge part of, 
of happiness and being successful as well. You're, you work out a ton. So do I, I don't think it's coincidence that we both are. I think, I think in our relative lives, we're both successful and being physically fits part of it too. It, it helps close your head. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot no, of the body, the mind, it all, it all definitely works together. And by the way, and I will throw out there having crystal on because I, I didn't know crystal's background the way that I know Martin <clears throat> and I, I yeah. thought she was terrific. So um, I really appreciate them both coming on. Um, b- before we uh, end this, though, I did get an email to uh, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. You guys could always send your emails to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Longtime listener, uh, Lisa Smelser, wrote us, uh, what are your thoughts about Dan Bongino? Did you ever think of having him on your podcast? He's a pretty funny guy, and I think it would be very interesting. Um do you want to answer that first? Um, I actually, I know Dan. He's a very nice guy. He's yeah, actually great. very, and I, you know, we have a lot of like-minded stuff, both being Second Amendment supporters, which you are as well. Um, I don't know if you wanted to come on. And Dan, Dan gets into the politics a lot, though, and that's not something we look for on the show. But also, I think Dan could bring a lot of positivity because him himself has been through adversity and has seen worked hard. And I don't know if you know he's currently it. going through cancer. So see, and that's that's he, he he and he's a tough son of a bitch. You know, he's right up our alley. You know, and he's got the he he he, I don't, he was never in the community, but he was Secret Service. Yeah. So there is that paramilitary stuff we can talk about as well. I, and I said I like Dan. I think he's also. I don't know. Hey, Dan, you want to come on the show? Ask you <laughs> yeah, I feel right like now. he's, uh, I mean, beyond going through cancer. So it's like, uh, you know, the guy's got to relax a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little he bit. Doesn't seem to. And he, I mean, he's just a way bigger name than he was even, because I've interviewed him. But when I interviewed him, it was probably five years ago. And he's just a huge name now. I feel like, honestly, unless you're like a Sean Hannity or a Rush Limbaugh, it's hard for him to find the time. And I completely understand that we're a relatively small show compared to those shows. Um, but I would love to have him on, but I agree with actually what you said in that. I feel like every time you hear from Dan, Dan Bongino, it's political. And yeah. even when I interviewed him, it's political. I, I have never heard him talk in depth about what it means to be a secret service agent. And I would love to hear about that. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like if you could do an interview about that type of thing, I would love it. I just wouldn't want it to be the same as everything else going on. Um, but I've never heard him speak in depth about his life in Secret Service. See, and that would that would be nice to have. He, even when we had Alex Jones on, we still got to talk about how he came up, what he did, and things. And you know, I, but you're right, but I, I think that's probably why we have never thought of his name is because whenever we do, and I've been on his shows at the NRA convention when he runs, he has a he and he does a big one with him and. Uh, Gosh, he's a great guy as well. He's actually on news. He's on Newsmax. Uh, Gary, Greg, Greg Kelly, Greg, or? Greg, no Stinchfield. Stinchfield. Okay, I don't um, know him. So uh, he has one at night, but he w- used to run NRA TV. Another great interviewer. But uh, Dan, to me, would be again because I'm the same as you. We see political, and that's not what we want to get into. We don't want to get into politics. We don't want to. It's it's it. Honestly, I, my adage now is politicians shouldn't be seen or heard. <laughs> they just need mm-hmm. to be because they've turned. We've turned them into celebrities. And we need to get him just get back in the office. And that's where, but if Dan would be willing to come on the show and talk about secret service and how he got on and how he's worked his weapon. Now, if he'd be willing, once he's held up, once he beats cancer, which he will. Um, yeah, he will. Yep. He will. Um, I'd love to have him on because he is a tremendously motivational figure and you can tell by his energy that he is, he works his ass off and he, he has that drive to become successful in whatever he touches. And he has been, um, but yeah, I just don't want to get in the politics. You and I are the same way. 
It's just no. Yeah, but he uh, he's <clears throat> really indicative of how with a podcast you could build this giant audience because I Dan Bongino probably five years ago um, he was a name, but he wasn't like a massive name. Right now he is. He's one of the biggest podcasts out there. So the question would just be if he'd want to come on. Yeah. If, well, he, he, if he does, I'd of course have him on. But like I said, I think it. It'd just be, I'd want to do something different with him. And we did that with everybody. I mean, really, when we had um, even like Graham Allen on, we talked about different things in his life or everybody kind of got. He tried. He tried. We just kept him back. (laughs) Hey, dude, we're diverting you here. Go left. Go left. Not right. Yeah. It was actually at the very end, I think. Um, But no, I mean, everybody we've had on, there's been a a different interview, I think. but I will say these past few shows, I mean, in radio, they always say like, oh, every show can't be a home run. These past few shows, the ones with you, especually, I think of uh, honestly all have been home. Runs. Uh, bro, you guys think, the same way. Yeah, they've been they've been great. I've had fun. And whenever we have fun, I can tell at the end of the show if it's if it's great or just good. I don't think we've had a bad one, but maybe we have. I, if we have. Sorry. We've had, like, we've had maybe two episodes that I'm like that when they ended, it was like, yeah, it was OK. <laughs> I, guess. I didn't hate it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Eh, there you go. We, we've had a couple. Eh, I like that. That's better. Um, yeah. Early yeah. on, though. I think they were all early on. Like there's none recently I could think of that I didn't that I disliked. No, I, I agree. And I've had fun. And the, the guests have been tremendous. And we keep as long as we keep getting good guests because the guests drive the show. I mean, I do over talk some of them, but I've, I've gotten better. <laughs> I had to break your balls when I asked no, that, I Mark love that. that question. And I'm like, I, well, more to answer. <laughs> you haven't done that in a while, too. And, and listeners love that. And I love that because it's like, oh, God, you got me. All right. Zing got me. Uh, yeah, we haven't had one of those in a while. So it's, it was that good was to get one in again. No, I, brother, I never, you, you know me, I, I, I like that shit because that's fun. And that and you're right. You're like, oh, call me out because, you know, I'll call you out if something like that happens. So, and, but, that's what makes the show fun and different and nobody gets butt hurt over it. And Hey, we move on and everybody laughs. And I think it resonates with the guests too. So, and, and you guys out there, I think everybody's been great as far as listeners and supporting us and no, bro, I I'm, I'm having a blast and I'm glad we have the sponsors that we have. I'm glad we have different sponsors. I love that. It's not just one genre. It's all over the place. And that says a lot for, for, I think for how you set the show up and the guests you get on. Cause I, cause I have nothing to do with that. I just send him names and he, he books them. He has, he yeah, has but some. I try to, I try to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, people, you do. You do. Know, people I know. And then people, neither of us know the turnout, you know, like last week, I didn't know either of those guys and they, they turned were awesome. out to be great. So Jeff's awesome. I loved you. I'm afraid. Yeah. No, in the summer, what's the summer? Um, I remember forgetting his name, his partner. Oh, um, I, shit. you know, it's funny. I have all the books in front of me. Yeah, know. help me out, man. I'm sorry. It's Andrews and, and Wilson, but um, because Andrews and Wilson is their writing team. It's too many names to remember. I know, um, but yeah, it was Brian the, Andrews and Jeffrey Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, I loved his his take on his uh, his his uh, meeting with his with his commander to get on the sub. That was yeah. it. Reminded me of me when Ranger School when I was finishing up Ranger School and they bring because they bring you in at the end of Ranger School at the last phase, your last patrol, and you don't know if you've graduated yet. So you've gone through the whole thing and they could kick you back to day one. And I remember mine was at 2 a.m. I wrote about in the Ranger way, actually. I think I did. Yeah, I did. And, but that was, it's like, you're holy shit. Did I make it? Cause you just had a swamp phase. And I was 130 pounds at that point. I mean, it just emaciated. I was a mess. I, and I remember he looked at me and he had my folder and he looked at me and it was the RI instructor for my last patrol. And he basically berated me. He's like, yes, I, I was like, fuck, I, I failed. <laughs> like shit. Fuck. Uh, okay. I'm going back to day one. This sucks. Um, 
But then I remember he looked at me and he goes, welcome to the brotherhood. And he threw my packet down and I go, I wow. made it. And it was like 3 a.m. It was three in the morning because we had to do our, we just got off our 12 mile road march. We finished, we got, we got showered. And so we hadn't, we had to wait our turns to get in. You know, everybody gets it done at once. And it, Dude, it was one of the happiest moments in life. When I wrote about the Ranger Way, actually, I started to cry because it was, mm. it was like so emotional. Because that ra- finishing Ranger School and finishing it, that how he did it that way was so awesome. It was like, it was like, hey man, I have you. He was, I, I, he goes, the the patrol. You messed up here. You did good here. You messed up here. You messed up here. You did good here. But bottom line is, I would have you in my squad. And I looked at him and I go, so how'd I do? And he's like shaking his head. And he was looking down and. Then he looks up, smiles, and yeah, he goes, "Welcome to Brotherhood." And I'm like, so I got, I, I got it. He goes, "I got my tab." He says, "Yeah, I got my tab." And happiest, one of the happiest moments in my life. I really was. You know, it sounds simple, just for a little. No, it doesn't. Uh, not at all, man. I mean, it's but, it's what you worked that whole time for. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what it reminds me. And that's what these interviews remind me. Of. The ones we've had towards the end is just people that work hard to accomplish what they have to accomplish through all their shit. But then when they're told, "Hey, you made it." Oh my gosh, it was worth it. All that suck was worth it. My pain, my fingers, my freezing, it was all worth it. And uh, yeah, and the funny thing is that I was battling Crohn's disease that whole time I was in range school. I didn't even know I had it. And I was like, man, yeah, glad ignorance is bliss. And so, but yeah, Brad, it's, it's a good interview, man. I, I and we've been, I, I really appreciate it. I, I think the stuff's been going great, really great. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we get feedback back from some authors, and I'm just saying this because they've said it. They kind of expressed it during their interview, but like the last two guys we had on emailed ba- us back, and they're like, "This was the best interview we've ever done." And then other people, and it, it means a lot to me. Yeah, you know, it, I'm not saying it to brag. It's 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 honestly more just like that's great if if they really love doing the interview. And I think it's just because we have like a chill, laid back vibe. We're not trying to, uh, you know, get any. I don't know, exclusive out of people. We're no. trying to have normal conversations the same way we would if we ran into those guys at SHOT Show or something. Or at the bar or wherever else or the gym or the fitness. You know. And that says a lot for the guests because they're willing to open up and talk about talk about stuff they may not talk on other shows. So for you guys that have been on the show that have done that, thank you. I mean, what can we say? We're, we're blessed that you're willing to do that with us. It's, it's your face, though, dude. I know it's your baby face. It's very... <laughs> And I exactly. smile all the time. So my goofy smile, they're like, oh, these guys are harmless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell them whatever. So yeah, yeah that's thanks. probably true because people probably see the pictures of you, like the 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 um the, the more intimidating <laughs> pictures of you with like the AR, and they're like, oh, this guy's gonna be, I don't know, like Chris Kyle or something. Because I well, you know, Chris Kyle was was a he seemed like a fun guy too. So guys. I don't even know the uh I don't know the analogy to make, you know, because like Dale Comstock <laughs> had these you know, pretty intimidating photos up, but you talk to the guy and he's a very fun, loving guy. So I don't even know who I'd be thinking of. It's, 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 that, the, it's that, that never cracks a smile. Or. It's the facade of what an operator should be. And we can be like that when it's necessary, but the other 80% of the time we're just jackasses. I mean, look at all the Raiders that you do know, Jack, Luke, Marty, Leo. Holy crap. Yeah, we're goofy as hell. Every one of us has our own goofiness in a certain way. But when it's time to get the job done, then we can go to the stoic. Yeah, I'm going to kick in your door and I'm going to shoot everybody in your house. I sort of army ranger mentality. That's a ranger mentality. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I'm breaking in your door and I'm shooting everybody in your house because the mission's requiring of it. But that's the mission. And when we're not on it, no, it's 
Hey, man, we're good. Let's go surf. Let's go ride across the country in a buggy and stink in our VW bug. bug. You know me? Let's let's go to Disney World and and hug Mickey. I mean, that's my mentality. We're doing soon, right? Yeah, a couple weeks we'll be going to Disney. I love I love Mickey Mouse. I love Disney. And again, it's a it's a positive way of seeing what's going on though in society with things, people being scared to go out, people not going out. If you are going out, it's honestly, you know, be safe, of course. Even me, even if I, I hate wearing that damn panty, face panty, but I'll put <laughs> it on. Um it's it's honestly how I thought I think companies and, and places you go should be, because it's not overpacked. It's like just right. There's just the yeah, right amount well, of people. I mean it's not going to be like that forever. No, and, I, no. and I do think people worry that this is, um, you know, Jack actually said it on the episode you weren't on, but he was like the idea of, you know, Jack's very cautious about everything. He was like, my mom's a nurse. He was telling me what she's seeing, but he was saying the idea that this is the new normal. He's like, that's not scientific. He's like, yeah, we're going to see another wave right now, possibly one other wave after that. But he's like, this is not the new normal after that. This is going away. And he's right. And uh, you know, things will get back. And I think that's the worry of a lot of people is, we're never going to get back to the way we were. And we will. We're going to make sure we get back to the way we were. Um, but I'm cautious about the same things you are, man. When I see these things about um, that you're going to carry around a card that you were vaccinated, that's bullshit. There's, and we're going to push back against that. Now, I don't think anybody is. I don't, most people are not going to accept that. No. And, and no. So stop worrying, guys. Listen to the Badline podcast, of course, and smile and laugh. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Hey, we got through the Spanish flu with. I mean, when was it early? Is that 1800s, 1900s? I don't even know, but it's crazy to see the pictures because those people were wearing masks too. I mean, they were doing the exact same and, things we are. Um, and we got through it. I, and we got through yeah, it without the technique. So we'll be fine. For sure. But I do, you know, not and not, and not to end it on this note, but I do worry, just like everybody else, when I see the idea of, uh, you know, I saw an article yesterday, you're going to be carrying around this card that says you were vaccinated. I, I will tell you right now, I've been you know, cautious. I've, I've been taking, you know, as you say, like uh, mitigated risk and things like that. Sure. And I'm still training people in the gym. I'm not locked inside my home, yeah. but um, I am not, I'm not going to be the first in line to get this vaccine. I'll tell you that right now. No, I mean, people want to get it, get it, but I agree. Don't, don't go off the deep end yet guys. And I want to say, don't go off the deep end ever. It's never a good thing to go off the deep end. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you, dude. I think that's a suit. And if anybody that would enforce that, any politician, that's a death sentence for their career to do that with I, nobody. I don't care what side you're on, what poly- political side you're on, that is over the line. Um, and I think most American people would say that and would, would you may, may, and maybe that's something that this country needs to unite is to, this is a stupid idea. Okay. We're coming together, politics aside, and we're pushing back on that because that's not going to work. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's, that's and, the, and, I'm, I'm not. Ahead. And by the way, I, I, and I don't think you are either. I'm in no way an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. No, I was vaccinated no. as a child. You, you know, you're, I'm sure I have 8 million there. vaccines from range of time. I'm a yeah. living, living petri dish <laughs> with all the yeah, vaccines. I just want to know. Uh, yeah, I just want to see because this was rushed through. We know it was rushed through. We, I just want to see what the effects are, and you know, the coming months, and also the fact that we've been going through this. I've been in the hot spot of it, and I've been completely healthy, so I don't see a problem with continuing to do what I'm doing. Um, and you know, most people also are are even those who do get it. And I know you have friends who have gotten it because I see it on Instagram. Um, one right, John Burke has it right now, uh, I believe. 
I mean, I haven't paid attention. If he does, but he'll, like I said, he'll get over. I'm sure. Yeah, but most people, you know, I I think, you know, people are focusing a lot. Well, the media is focusing a lot on the rate of people getting it. But the positive of that is the death rate. The death rate is still very low. But that doesn't mean don't worry about it because we're hearing about how it affects the brain. And and we also still don't know. Was this created in a lab? We don't Was was this a bioweapon? We really, and to say that, that, it's fake news to ask those questions. It's not, we truly do not no, know. It's, it's, it's no, it should be asked and it should be exposed. And if there was something shady going on, there's nothing wrong with if there's a conspiracy or something out there that needs to be, needs to be addressed. There's nothing wrong with asking those questions. If again, think of, I go back to the incident that we had, if we wouldn't have said what happened, it would have always been to this date, this date, it would have been a video. It would have been a protest. Um, it wouldn't have been coordinated attack. It wouldn't have been this. It, it, and so to say that the government's always going to be honest with you, that's a fairy tale as well. So it's okay to ask those questions, but, you know, and, and to get the right answers, to get the true answers out there and not take things just at face value because the media or because DC tells you as such. Yeah. And, as and social media and I mean, social I media. Yeah. I, I really don't focus on it because I know a lot of you guys listening do. And I get it. I mean, I don't want you guys to think we're unaware of the censorship going on. Like the craziest thing on Instagram I saw yesterday was like they have not only censored certain hashtags, they have censored all hashtags. So you can't see recent hashtags because there's like there's misinformation about the election. But yeah, there's censorship going on. I am not going to harp on it every single you know minute of my day because, as we said in the show, it's just not going to accomplish anything. Um, but yeah, I, be aware of what's going on, and I, this audience is totally aware of what's going on. They're doing, no, they're great, and just keep doing your thing, keep living. The world's going to turn regardless of what we do. So enjoy the time on this earth, not being miserable, not freaking worried about which news source is the accurate one. Cause they're both not <laughs> they're both. enjoy your family. And like, you know, like our guests that we had on just said, like, like, you know, um, Hey man, this is an opportunity to reset. This is an opportunity to, to, to get better. So get better. Um, sitting in front of your TV and saying which side is right and wrong is not the opportunity is not getting better. It's just, putting you down and demoralizing you. And I give my examples over and over about me trying to commit suicide because I want people, I want y'all to learn from my mistakes of immersing myself in media and how, how that can just demoralize the hell out of you and turn your life upside down. It's not a good, healthy place to be. So I just learn from my mistakes and, and listen to Badline podcast. Because <laughs> we're not, yeah, and, we're not and, as as you were saying too, we have great sponsors. So I will wrap this up with saying uh Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammo was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammo design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring you're going to receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, flying off the shelves everywhere. Um, so go to fortscottmunitions.com and use our promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off 
keep checking back regularly. They're restocking as quickly as they can. Um, just use that promo code BATTLELINE when you go there. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE Podcast. I can't believe this is our first um, December episode. The year is coming to an end pretty soon, <clears throat> and everybody is posting their uh, Spotify wrap-ups and everything. We have more listeners actually on Apple Podcasts, but I mean, we I'm very happy with the numbers. Everything is growing pretty much every month. We're getting new people listening on board, and it's uh, it's thanks to you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. And I think I got one more next week. I'm not going next week. I'm on next week. No, next week we actually have our first um, Canadian special operator. Oh, that's right. Jeff I can't Great guy. Um, yeah, so Jeff is former JTF2 uh, assaulter, sniper, and uh, actually also currently living in Arizona with his wife. Uh, just all around great dude you know what's funny actually i will say he when we were talking about special operations guys being like very serious i've hung out with him or, or met him in studio he's very serious i feel i feel like a lot of canadians are very like matter of fact <laughs> yeah, i don't know if we'll get him to smile maybe we'll try we'll do our best eh? we'll do our best so well, <laughs> i had to throw that in there that was my cheap shot no, or a boot our boot, our boot, <laughs> boot. We'll talk about Strange Brew and how Rick Moranis ruled the world with Strange. That was the best movie of that time, man. I love that movie. That always, whenever I think of Canadians, that's what I think, and I bet they probably hate it. Like son of a bitch, it's not like that. Um, but yeah, guys, appreciate it. Uh, next week will be great. And to uh, to Mark and and Doctor, I I said Crystal, but Doctor Hansen. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. A tremendous and great, great group. And yeah, they are. You, you're feeling down in the dumps. They got plenty of books for you guys to pro- to choose from to pick you up and put you on the right path. And I, I recommend it. Or read the Patriots Creed or the Ranger Way. They help too. Yes. Yeah, throw in your own plug. That's right. <laughs> I know. They, they do. I, I, actually, the Patriots Creed was kind of not, I didn't copy Mark, but that's why I wanted to do stories about different guys and not their just their combat it's how they overcame it in the civilian world so it could re- so it could relate to those that weren't in the military um so yeah uh, so mark i didn't copy your book but kind of followed that model a little bit just using military personnel not just normal just not non-military personnel That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs>